0: 100 people at a race and you were one out of five racing your class and you won against those other four people and there could be 96 people that were faster than you but you are actually legitimately happy inside because you beat those other four people in your class it makes no sense to me it i wouldn't be happy i'd be like well i wasn't the fastest guy there so what's the point
1: yeah but you're the fastest person in
0: your class it dilutes that yes this is sort of feeling of achievement i don't understand
2: nitro is the glory
1: yes indeed nitro is the glory but e buggy pays the bills what's going on everybody <clears throat> excuse me welcome to episode number 101 of the no name rc podcast i'm your host Keenan white aka lefty the great and we're recording this on video awesome um that intro is from episode 100 i know but i think it's so cool i have to fix it i'm probably gonna get a professional one done here shortly. But thank you to everybody man. Honestly, thank you to everybody that tuned into the 100th episode. I greatly appreciate that. Eh, it was a little bit intimidating doing that live. I'll get into more of that later, but 101, we took a little break and we are back. This week for episode 101. So, thank you to everybody that supported us along this journey. I think we're coming up on our 2-year anniversary here soon too. So, maybe maybe we'll have something for that. I doubt it, but you'll see. Christmas for sure. Um but yeah, What's up, everybody? Uh, I know we took a little bit of a break after episode 100. We had some races. We're going to talk about that. We had... Um, There's not much going on. We have two big races coming up this this week. Excuse me. Uh, that we we're going to talk about as well. My guest this week is Josh Wheeler. It's an incredible story. He's awesome. He's one of the fastest guys to ever touch a, a control. I think if he practiced a little bit right now, he could come back and be... Competitive within six months of actually practicing. But a great inspirational story. Listen to it. Uh, If you're going through something, you should listen to his story because that man's story is amazing. And uh, kudos to Josh. uh, Great dude. His family are good people. And I hope to see him racing again sometime. But he has a lot of wise things to say. I think you guys should listen to it. I did record this about three weeks ago, I think. Maybe two and a half weeks ago. So it was a little bit before our episodes, our 100th episode. But I got it out. so, yeah, tech. check it out, everybody, <clears throat> and um, let me know what you think. Um, before I go on any further, uh, I have to say thank you to all of the, the NNRC squad and all the supporters that supported the podcast from the beginning. I greatly appreciate it. You guys have been awesome. Thank you for sharing everything. Thank you for all the support over the last two years and 100 episodes. more than 100 episodes. We all know that. But, uh, you know, I, I we couldn't do it without you guys, and – Honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I know this is emotional. Thank you. Thank you. I greatly appreciate it. And it encourages us, me, to push on forward and make uh, more content, make better content. And I just can't wait to get to races. And big shout out to all of the patrons on Patreon. Man, you guys helped this happen. Just got some new equipment through the Patreon money that I'm going to, when I get it, I'll show you guys. But I'm finally not going to be using my iPhone as my webcam, which I'm using now not a proper proper camera you know joseph isn't the only one that can have his studio looking nice and have a nice camera and all that stuff you know because he's a director now he's all youtube celebrity i tease him about that in a bit but thank you to all the patrons on patreon i greatly appreciate it man if you guys uh want to be a patreon the links are in the in this written description if you want extra content or you just want to help the podcast out that every little bit helps me out um we definitely need that for going to races next year and uh, I greatly appreciate it. Shout out to all the NNRC patrons. And Joseph hates that voice, so I'm going to use it as much as I can on him. And something, uh, look, uh, this is even unusual for me, all right? But we actually have a new title sponsor on this podcast. Yeah. And this 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 came as a surprise a short time ago. Honestly, like a new company contacted me and wanted to promote their brand, Mayako. Spelled M-A-Y-A-K-O. Now, here's the kicker. Here is the kicker. They didn't actually say what they make. They said we have to wait and see it before they, before, you know, we just have to wait and see. So we're going to have to, like you, i got to wait and see what they're making. But they contacted me to be a part of the podcast. But they did give me a message to read out to all of, to the RC world and all the NNRC listeners. And it goes as follows. It says, vision. Vision is seeing clearly what does not yet exist. When you start on a journey, the only thing you have is vision. Nothing exists yet. Mayako can see the finish line even before we begin the race. So please follow us on mayako.official on Instagram or and like Mayako on Facebook. Hey, I don't know what this is, so we got to wait and see, but they contacted me and now they are the title sponsor of the No Name RC podcast, so thank you to Mayako. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, with that said, I would like to go in and say thank you to all of the awesome companies that choose to support us and advertise with us. And they are RCMX Online, TechnoRC. Remember, I don't know if we'll have an NNRC hotline this week. Maybe, maybe not, but definitely next week. Uh, BeachRC. Go check out BeachRC and get your NNRC. That's a BeachRC hat, but you can get your NNRC hats and shirts from there. You get all your other stuff. And please, if you can't use our affiliate link, it definitely helps us out. Um, Rob's Oil for all of your Amsoil needs. Check them out at www.robsoil.com. Sun City RC Raceway. They had the U.S. Open Her 2 last weekend, I believe. was a great event. Track looks amazing. We're going to talk about that. Thank you to Joey Showers, Christian and Corbin, and the uh, SCRC family for their support. It's greatly appreciated. Go check them out if you're in El Paso. Go on the Facebook and like their uh, Facebook page as well. Show them some love. Uh, Manscaped.com. Remember, cut through the jungle. It will find your manhood. We do have a promo code for Manscaped.com. The, go to www.manscaped.com. Use promo code, no name in all caps, and you will save 20% off your order and get free shipping. So cut through that jungle and, uh, you know, clean up your area. You know, Manscaping is a new thing. You don't want to be like a, you know, you want to be, like you know how swimmers are—they—they they shave everything before they go in the water to make them faster. Well, it's the same thing for men: shave everything, you'll be faster and last longer. And uh, shout out to, of course, uh, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, long-time supporter of the podcast. Um, Scooter and Papa Willy's have been doing big things in the overworld. They're branching out to the off-road section. They have uh, they have some Traction Tonic for all your needs, man. Check them out. And you have a promo code as well. Use promo code NNRC in all caps and you save 10% off your order. So check them out. Uh, shout out to Wally Builds. You know, that's my co-host. We got a new uh, intro for cult for uh, for the NNRC hotline too. Shout out to Wally. Show him some love. Buy some hats. Send him some kits to build. Check out his trick wiring, all his, uh you know, cool anodizing that he does. And show Wally some love. JQ Threads, not just a company. It's a... Uh, it's not just a company making clothing. It's a company providing opportunities. Uh, I need to get me a JQ Threads hat, actually. <clears throat> another one. Mine's kind of damaged. Um, hey, big shout out to Connor Ayler's of the Louvre Cranes, man. I appreciate your support, man. It was good talking to you today. Um, yesterday, sorry. And hey, man, hopefully I meet you at a race. And I just appreciate your support, man. Trust me and of course jq racing man i can't go anywhere without my jq racing family um they're going up to some are going to blue ridge national some are going to ams um thank you guys for all the support it's greatly appreciated man i love my jq racing family around the world i know it's been a rough year but uh things will get better in 2021 and hopefully i'll get to some races and we can hang out and big shout out to some special supporters of the podcast um I've been helping promote some of their products because there are small RC companies. But check out Racecraft, my buddy. Yeah, dude, chasing Elric. I need to get him on the podcast to talk about it. Command module, it's pretty badass. I think I'm gonna get me one. I'm gonna do an unboxing of it and all that type of stuff and a, a review of it, hopefully. Check that out. And check out my boy Zach Thompson. Hey, congratulations, dude. You just got married. Congratulations to you. Clean freak. Check him out. There is some promo codes attached to that. Just hit him up and he'll 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 hook you up. So thank you to all these companies that support us, all the NNRC squad, patrons, anybody that listens to our podcast, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. Just thank you for the support. And uh, if you're a company, a small company or a big company or a track or anything, and you think that this platform is a great way to advertise your business, contact us, man. We have tiers for everybody. So, and we're willing to work with you. So let us know. Uh, and just give us a shout out. So with that said... Um, Maybe I should bring in Joseph. He's patiently waiting to show me off, show off some new stuff that he's done. You know, he's super science mode. What's up, Josie? What's up, Beaker? What's up? Why am I why am I getting a reverb? Uh oh. Why I am I know. getting a reverb? Here? Okay, maybe turned on your uh, your um. It's coming on your end. I think you got your uh headphones
0: up
3: i don't
1: out.
0: know i don't have anything uh i don't know
1: mm. all right
0: oh uh, it's going now
1: what's up beaker how you doing man
0: i'm okay what you been up but to there's here? a mega lag on your video it's very really weird i, saw I can't that. watch you because it's so out of sync
1: i don't understand why is why it is like that it's slightly off sync i see that i don't know how to fix that either yeah. Mm, I don't know. I am filming with my iPhone and, you know, I don't know. have my new camera coming soon, so I look Actually, off.
0: you know, we're really stupid because we're doing this, but we didn't test at all.
1: I know. That's just, just how we do things at JQ Racing. And at so we time.
0: might record this whole episode and then figure out that it's shit. But Maybe. at least hopefully you have the audio.
1: Yeah, of course I have the audio. We are, we're, we're, uh-huh. we're new. You know, we're still learning this video stuff. You're going all director on us and all that type of stuff. And you've been so busy this last couple of couple of days. But before we go on any further, man, do you see we have a new title sponsor? Mayako. I saw that. Look at them. We even have them in the- Incredible. Incredible. You said I'll never get a title sponsor and look what happened. I didn't even have to look for this one. They just know, came but to me. You
0: just got lucky on this one. It's not like you got this. I know.
1: They contacted me. I have no <laughs> idea who these people are. On I have no How idea. How is it for? I don't know. They just said, we're going to pay you monthly until we say that we're done. And I still, I, I'm like, alright. And I'm like, well is it going to be long term? They're like, yeah, it's going to be long term. I'm like, well what are you making? They're like, we can't tell you. You'll see.
0: I'm like, this right. is a typical lefty deal.
1: I, I'm like, so is this all you want me to say on the podcast? like, so yeah, and we'll send you stuff to say later on. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I have no pictures, no nothing, just a logo that's there and what they sent. Vision. That's a pretty cool quote, though. I like that. Someone thought deeply about that.
0: Well, as long as they don't make another 8-scale Nitro buggy, then I'm fine. We already have Infinity coming. We don't need any more. There's enough already.
1: That's the truth. There is definitely enough chassis out there.
0: Yeah. Other
1: anyway, that, Joseph. That's it's fine. All right. Well, we'll. I guess we'll find out. We'll know when everybody else knows. I guess so. Okay. But thank what you, Mayako. Whoever you are. Go check. Don't forget to check them on Mayako.official on Instagram and Mayako on Facebook. Well, Jake, you don't have Facebook anymore. All right, Joseph. So we celebrated our 100th episode. We did that live um, About a week and a half ago I want to say Two weeks ago Roughly Not even that A week ago No uh, More than a week Yeah two weeks ago I can't remember I'll be honest with you I was super nervous On that It was not I don't feel it was the best episode That we ever had Because you was in there Now you're, you think you're a director And all this stuff So you was messing with stuff And screwing with my notes <clears throat> And all this stuff. and changing, changing rants and all this stuff and all this type of stuff. And you just threw me completely off my game. And, you know, like, I was really pissed off at you and I was trying to bring in David Ranafalk. And then you claimed to, like, get David Ranafalk on the podcast. And I obviously had done the groundwork before that. But you just happened to have a phone to co- to contact him.
0: Yeah, and because he was messaging me, like, hey, when am I supposed to I come?
1: know, but I, my phone is right here. Like, my phone is videoing me right now. So, um... I I wanted to play my damn techno because techno is the main interview when we don't have the call, and you wouldn't let me, man. Us, I I, if I could have slapped you, I would have slapped you right there, like honestly. You and then having you and Jeff on at the same time, I was just like, oh my god! I'm here praying to the podcast gods for you guys not to say something inappropriate, like super inappropriate. But you know the never ending argument that you guys have didn't.
0: You know. I I had to mute. Uh what's his name jeff Keaton. I wanted to, um, a couple of times because i was i was predicting that he was going to go somewhere that wouldn't be good live so yeah
1: oh, well anyway thank you to everybody that tuned into the 100th episode we are going to be doing video check us out on youtube please check out our youtube channel please no name rc podcast on youtube we need a thousand subscribers we're only at 284 we need a thousand subscribers by the end of the year or earlier so we can start doing bigger things on YouTube. And don't forget, uh, you know, just check us out, give us a sub, write a comment, a like, a share. It's greatly appreciated. That's all I ask. So please, go to YouTube, search the No Name RC podcast, and and and, and share us, man. We're trying to do more things. I even uploaded a clip from um, the David Ronafalk interview from last week. I uploaded it on through there yesterday, I believe. So you can go check that out. My Life in DR video that I'm doing, like, just collaborated some pictures i did that on splice dude that little app so cool um you know what joseph i'm actually gonna do something rc related next month i can't wait what's that i am going on to santo domingo to hang out with uh the scale guys they have they did it, it they did it last uh, about two weeks ago they did a course man they set it up so nice this guy actually has a course on his roof like but not dark and all that stuff but like Ladders and all this. It actually takes forty-five minutes to do a lap on his course. That's crazy. And his roof isn't that big. Trust me. And but they're good. We're going out like into the nature, into nature, and they they outline the trails and mud. So me and my buddy Joba, we're going down. We're going to take my axial that Matt Harrison gave me. Thank you, Matt. I don't know if you still list if you're into RC anymore, but if you're out there, thank you. I appreciate that. And my Traxxas TRX4, which I love. Uh, we're gonna head down to Santo Domingo. It's, was still on curfew on the weekend, so I have to be back by 7, but the event stops at 2, so that gives us five hours to get back home, so we, we're good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to take video of the actual drive, down and back, and it's just going to be like a comfortable drive, because I don't have to leave all early and all that type of stuff. And I can't, wait, scale stuff and... Then I'm gonna talk to him about no prep drag racing. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And meet new people. And um, we need to get racing at least
0: day. it's nothing to do with your stupid toys.
1: Don't hate on my toys. Did you see that my wife snuck in while we was recording and took video? I got yeah, audited. I mean, oh my gosh! I'm war- like she I could have that. she could have shot me in the back of the head. Like I didn't even know she was there.
0: Why would she shoot you in the back uh, of the head? She, she
1: doesn't need it. She doesn't need excuses. Already threatened to stab me and all this type of stuff. And um, hey, I have my. Know what,
0: you know what? I just did.
1: What did you do? Just do stab yourself. I just
0: set set up my next video. So I have two videos filmed already, but the third one then will be with a guest. Okay. Talking setup. All right. So now your deal J- is done.
1: Your YouTube celebrity JQ, the YouTube celebrity. Uh, don't yep. forget to go check out JQ's forty-minute intro. Trust me, you will fall asleep, but it's pretty cool.
0: No, but it's, it's forty minutes, intro. like
1: just like you. It anything that you do, you have to like beat it to death. Like okay, like beat to that horse. Like pop, oh, pop, like beat. Okay, Justin, we got you. It. Got the message bam.
0: right. You did, know I what I'm I got the doing message now. after ten minutes. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. No, it's not possible because I and didn't get the you, message. Was after you zooming 10 in minutes. on
1: your mole right here? Was that my nose? You know? uh, bollocks, nose! It kept. I mean, don't nose get me wrong. Nose whole mouth. Okay, you know what? I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was a little long, um, but I do like this new YouTube career that you've gotten. You have. Uh, I know we're gonna do a video soon too. You have, but you have the ultimate nitro engine tuning video coming out, and it has literally kicked your
0: ass. Yeah, and guess how long that is? An hour and something. An hour. An hour and seventeen minutes. Oh man! And then. I heard you. Some people, hey, listen, some people make engine tuning videos that are three minutes. Right. So the long ones are maybe seven or 17. Mine is one hour and 17 minutes, only about the carburetor and tuning the engine.
1: Well, I'm pretty sure you're going to go in depth with that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, back to my guest. So no one's going to believe this until they see it. But it's, Bruno Coelho, mm. talking about carpet setup on four-wheel drive. I like Bruno Tenscare. a lot.
1: I'm glad that you guys can get together and kind of...
0: Yeah, it took some convincing, but he's on board.
1: Well, oh, that's good. That's good. Because I know he doesn't like you too much. So, I don't
0: know. I mean, who does? Not so, man, I
1: don't even like you, man.
0: <laughs> well, he made the mistake of, of saying that uh, we should work together and this and that. So that I kind of had... Not yeah, like me and him, just in general in RC. Right. So then I said, well, this is a good opportunity to, you know, do that if you really mean it. And what could he say? Then he had to agree. Yeah. So <laughs> And
1: it helps him build his brand because, I mean, he is one of the best. He is one of the fastest guys in the world.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the annoying thing was that a lot of the questions or feedback I got was to talk about tent scale and carpet setup and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, fuck that. I, I never run on carpet because I... I think it sucks. I don't like it. So I've thought who better to get I disagree on with you.
1: I actually think the, carpet's The fun. best
0: guy on carpet. And I, arguably Bruno is the fastest 10 scale forward drive driver on carpet. So yeah, get him on, talk about setup and make a good video on that.
1: Yeah, it should be good. I mean, I think he's realizing like I need to build. Yes, he's a brand and this is a way to build his brand. and. I'm excited about your YouTube career because now that helps me. You know what I mean? So now I have a few months to learn how to do things before hopefully I get back to racing next year.
0: Yeah, we can make you a decent intro.
1: Yes, we have to do that. We have to do that for next you year.
0: Actually, you actually, you have no right to talk about, you know, making videos and making them long-winded and this and that. And well, Your intros are like seven seven. I know, we got to definitely
1: cut, but that was for the 100. None episode. of the
0: images are cropped correctly.
1: Oh, shit. Here we
0: go. That's still even though you were supposed to fix it.
1: Oh well, you know what? You can fix it. Being as you're the new video editor. I can't do double quotes. (laughs) Video YouTube celebrity. YouTube celebrity. That's like thumbs up. I made
0: I've made like six dollars on YouTube. Really? My career. Wow. Yeah. Fuck.
1: That's pretty good.
0: You yep. need some more subs now. There. Maybe eight now that I released these new videos. So.
1: That's a sandwich for you. Yep. Oh, I have to talk about the net. Like, I'm so pissed off that you changed the rant. Because I just knew this was going to be an hour of you and Jeff just going, no, it isn't. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Yes. I felt like I was in a sandbox saying, hey, my sandcastle's bigger than yours for one hour. I tried to change the subject. You, you F me off, muted me. You just think you control everything. Like, this is my podcast. You are the co-host. I direct. Mind you, it did come in handy when we was doing comments and stuff like that, because there's a lot to go. Maybe we have to get Scott on to be like Jamie. What you think? Yeah. Like, Jamie, pull that up for me, please. Oh, no. What does, what's Steve Mathis guy? (laughs) Pull that up. what's, What's Steve Mathis guy? Tits something? They call him something tits.
0: It used to be Tits Legendary. Now it's uh, Travis Marks.
1: Travis Marks. Hey, Tits Legendary. Travis. Put that up for me. But uh, yeah, I definitely think for the lies, we probably need an extra guy in there to do that type of stuff because it's it's really hard for me to focus on that. And then you just start doing all that stuff. Um, and we have to record soon too for this this um, ranking video that you're so excited about.
0: Yeah, that's going to be good.
1: Yeah, that's good stuff.
0: All right. Actually, uh, I need to add. You know what? Can I work while we no, do No, you cannot work while to, you do
1: this. You need to focus, okay? Well,
0: actually, one of the drivers that I forgot, sorry, was Bruno Coelho. Oh,
1: well, you can I add him. To we're, not gonna, we're not going to record today. Come on, take it easy. Anyway, um, hey, you know what else happened this week? All these pro racers' Facebooks got hacked. People were getting friend invites and uh, messages from like Adam Drake, Tebow. Oh yeah, all this type. of, like all these I saw pro that. drivers. Cavallari, Robert. Yeah, someone just went in there and started. There's hacking. actually something
0: else. There's something else that's been going on. Also, have you noticed? Tebow, Cavallari, um, is Ron Nefalk one of them? A bunch of top guys, anyway. They're. Uh, Instagrams at least have tons of followers, but they're fake. Right, they aren't right, real right. followers. Techno's Facebook also, but I think they've been actually paying for likes for a long time. They have like two hundred something thousand. Um likes it was two hundred thousand, it's not real. It, yeah. It's like when you look at how many people like and comment their posts, it's low, same as someone with just a few thousand would get. So it's so they aren't real, but it's strange that because. For example, Robert said he isn't paying for any likes. So I think Cavalleri the same thing. But they just suddenly got this
1: well, what ma- it is
0: massive amount of likes on Instagram. It's all about the algorithms, man.
1: All the algorithms. Once you start, no, it's
0: no, it's it not is. that. It's not no, it's not because they aren't real. They're I know bots, that, but the bots, fake.
1: the bots patch into the algorithms and catch all of that. Like you know what I mean? Once you like, they don't. They don't. If you have five thousand more or even ten thousand followers, right? That's when you're on the. You have to be very diligent, diligent on your on your IG because that's when like yeah like people like I'm telling you man, I'm, there's people out there selling it to, or, or providing lists to bots and all that type of stuff to send you advertising. So you got to go in and and clean all that out because we don't even if we had two hundred thousand people racing RC eight scale RC cars, we'd be great. Um, we'd be good. But we don't. Um, but that's weird. It was funny. I saw Travis Candle of Trackwalkers. He goes, "Everybody who saw this message from the pros and thought they had made it, I had to laugh." Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: And, yeah, um, that's actually funny. Yeah, I know.
1: I had to laugh at that.
0: <laughs> what What were the messages? I just saw Roberts, which was in Spanish, so I didn't understand it.
1: Um, just like I don't know, just saying hi, what's up, and all that type of stuff, and nothing much. I, I'm almost at my five thousand friend limit, so I, I I watch who I friend now. I only have like fifteen spots left. I gotta I gotta go in and delete some friends too. So we shall see. Anything else you want to talk about before we go on any further, Joseph? Because we're gonna go into the uh, Manscaped news right now.
0: Yeah, just go to news. I'm busy.
1: You're not supposed to be busy. You're supposed to
0: be. I'm busy. I'm doing a ranking list. Here. You can do that
1: afterwards. Let's go, man. We got to talk. I about have
0: to that. add Bruno, and there was someone at Oh, Naoto.
1: You can do that later. You can do
0: that later. I'll do that right now. Just start the news. Yeah. Anyway, the
1: Manscaped RC news is brought to you by manscaped.com for all your manscaping needs. You can get your Lawnmower 3.0, which I personally have and I do use to shorn myself. And uh, I will tell you, I have to get some new blades here soon, too. And uh, I saw a buddy told me he got some new blades and he got some some ball napkins. I don't know what that's all about, but I definitely want some ball napkins. Uh, and I definitely want to get an extra large pair of uh, double X pair of um, boxes because I don't know. I haven't worn them. My wife has and they feel great and they look great on her anyway.
0: So check out. I think you need bigger than double X.
1: No, I think, come on. No, double X is fine.
0: Why you always got to. Okay. Yeah,
1: you know? So. Check out, you know, I mean, the Lawnmower three pointer is really cool. It has um, uh, an LED light that you can use. It's waterproof. I've I've used it while I've, you know, in the sink and I wash it off the sink, like when I'm trimming my beard. I don't, you know, when I go down to the nether regions down there to my private parts, I let my wife deal with all that because I don't trust myself. And, you know, like my belly might get in the way too, just a little bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. But anyway, go to www.manscape.com. Don't be like Joseph. Cut through the jungle to find your manhood. Use the promo code NO NAME in all caps and you will save 20% off your order and you will get free shipping. Why has Joseph put me all on this by myself now? All right. So Joseph, um, before we go any further, before we go on, I just want to talk about the t- <laughs> you are an idiot. The two big races that happened while we was in our hiatus, they were the US Open which happened at Sun City RC, which is run by Tim Lime uh, which was and of course masses of Dirt at Beach RC another sponsor of the podcast which is really big um, this is one of the 10 scale races that I want to go to one day it looks like a lot of fun but back to US Open US Open has been happening for a few years now it's been at SCRC for three years I think or maybe two we had Tim Lime on to talk about it excuse me <clears throat> excuse me uh, on the, the hotline a couple of weeks ago but it was a good turnout uh they had a good bit of entries. They had some pros shine, show up, but and they only have one class, which I really like about this. One Nitro Buggy class. So you had Ryan Mayfield first, Tebow second, Ty Tessman making the trip from Canada to Texas. This is We need to talk about this in a minute. Tanner Denny, Anthony Westergaard, and then Brandon Rose, Chris Morant, Chris Boyce, Ethan LaFraud, Quaze Dill from Bermuda, Cole Ogden, and... That's it. So they had thirteen. That that's pretty straightforward. I mean, Cole broke. He should have been up there. He should have beat Tanner. Then he should have been up in the top four. Um, Tebow still consistent. He did. He lost by like twelve seconds to Mayfield, but Mayfield was on fire. He done well. Tessman coming over. Ah, he he was a lap down on on um on uh, Mayfield and Te- and Tebow at the end. Tanner, Danny, Westergaard. Mm, I don't know, man. You might be able to beat Westergaard now. He seems to have lost some pace here lately.
0: Hmm, What's going on? I don't
1: know, but he's two laps down. He's uh, in Virginia right now building the Blue Ridge Nationals track, and it looks badass, by the way. So another great event for the U.S. Open. Let's see how many entries they had here. They had 223 entries, 117 drivers, and they had, let's see, how many classes did they have? They had one eight scale, E-Buggy, E-Truggy, Nitro Buggy, Nitro Truggy, 40-plus Nitro Buggy, four-wheel drive and rookie. So that's, I love that, just E-Buggy classes, E-Truggy, Nitro Buggy, Nitro Truggy. No sportsman intermediate. So you kind of, you know, this is a good, and they did IFMAR style. So that's good too. So there were, you know, odd and even mains, lots of racing. I, I bet people got a lot of, a lot of runtime on this, at this race. <clears throat> You know what? Let's talk about mod and then I want to talk about Tessman. So, we had Masters of dirt at Beach RC fun race, lots of fireball being drunk, lots of different races like a car like a some some kind of crazy race they had that um that you had to the last low oh, last man standing race which I thought was pretty fun. I thought I saw your nemesis who I, I'm so, I'm heard you're going to get a lot of I think you're going to get a lot, a lot of flack from Ryan Styles Harris was there. And I really no, he liked
0: my video. Oh yeah,
1: he I commented. really enjoy. I need to get him on the podcast, but he won't answer my Facebook. So anybody who knows Ryan Salis Harris, tell him I'm trying to get him on the podcast, please. Answer his Facebook questions. I know he probably gets a lot of them, but I want to get some some pink pinions on her. And he went. I really enjoyed that video. I thought that, that I think I could have won that race. This last man standing race, I would have like made a buggy just for that. I'd have I'd have got a short course truck and just made like bumpers with nails on it or something like that to take people out. But let's see who won. <clears throat> All right, so two-a-drive mod buggy. Dustin Evans, Spencer Rifkin, Dakota Fenn, Ron DeVoe, Austin Horn, Tom Rinnikernick, Julian Oliveris, Matt Klein, Jackson Brunson, Aiden Horn. No surprises there. I think Jackson would have been a little higher, but he's been focusing on eight scale. Dustin Evans, the 10th scale specialist, does what a ten scale specialist needs, needs to do, and that's win. Oh, it was really close between him and Rifkin. It was like 0. 0.364 seconds. Oof. Oof, that was close. Wrong.
0: Hey, weren't you supposed to talk about Tessman? Yeah, Did yeah, I, I am, that? but I just
1: want to finish this. Anyway, Mod, Masters of Dirt Race was really good. Uh, Brent gave us some keychains. I will get him to send those out to the winners from our from our one hundred episode uh, shortly. He's a bit busy this week as well. He's got uh, Blue Ridge Nationals coming up. So Tessman. Ty Testman. can, can I must say Canada Canada's Canada Canada's great RC hope the fastest thing in RC to come out of Canada. Uh, he's been racing a lot in Canada. I was super surprised to see him at this race. He did go last year, but what surprises me even more is he's back in Canada and I don't get it. Like, I knew the reason they didn't come over was because of, you know, the borders were kind of closed. I get, I get the borders probably open, or I know you have to do a 14-day quarantine. But if you're going to come over for that, for that one race, why not stay the extra two weeks and do, like, AMS or Blue Ridge Nationals, which is coming up? You haven't raced since DNC in America, besides the U.S. Open. Why not go to a big race? I wonder why they didn't. Like, this makes my brain click. You know, it really does click. I think my 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 camera shut off. I'm gonna have to go in there and do something. But what do you think, Joseph, about that? Um I think I think they came over to do negotiations, to be honest.
0: Yeah, wasn't was there at some point a situation where Canadi- Canadians weren't allowed to enter America? Yes. Or the other way that yep, were allowed to go to Canada from America.
1: Americans, not the border was closed, but I think Canadians could come across But they had to do a 14-day quarantine uh, when they went back, no matter what.
0: Okay. So I don't know. It's, yeah, if I understand him not doing races in America because of COVID. But then if he goes, then you would assume that he would go for a few races, you know, not just Mm -hmm. one. But, yeah, uh, but there's a lot going on now with ProLine being bought by Horizon and tie runs for proline. Year coming to an end anyway with the COVID situation. Contract negotiations are probably even more hectic, Mm -hmm. more difficult. So maybe there's something to that.
1: Maybe it is something or maybe they just wanted to, I mean, we are recording this. It is election day. Uh, So maybe they wanted to, I don't know, maybe they wanted to get back before elections because they didn't know what was going to happen after election day or what. But I just find it kind of weird that they came back They came for just that race. they left, I mean, I don't get it. Like, why not go to AMS? It just makes me think like they came over for other reasons and either things went good or things didn't go as good as they wanted to. You know what I mean? Um, You know, everybody keeps asking me about silly season. I have heard nothing. All I keep hearing, I heard nothing. I've heard nothing. I don't know who's going to have a job next year. I don't know what's happening. But everything seems to be as per se. Maybe some guys are getting less. You got to also remember, these guys aren't racing as much as they used to, so they're making less contingency. And contingency is a big thing for Thai, too. Um, I don't know, man. It's it's just odd to me. And we have to be s- skeptical about what's going to happen to him. I would say he's probably ProLine's highest paid driver. You know what I mean? He's been with him for a long time, and there's no secret that I've heard that they want to go J Concepts. I've heard they tried to get to J Concepts before. Um, I've heard that through through many different sources. And then there's the whole thing, we keep hearing this whole thing that they might be going TLR. We've heard this for years. I just don't see that happening. Not with Thomas Tran as their new off-road, like their new team manager for off-road. I don't see, I don't, unless Gord comes in there and, go, like if they went to TLR, this is how I can see that. Gore comes in there and he has to be a mechanic for Ty and, and Fenn. You know what I mean? But then again, Barry Baker has that job. But Barry Baker can't travel to every race because we all know Fenn needs that mechanic so he can finish these, these nitro races. So I don't know. It's just weird. I just thought it was weird. I thought, okay, yeah, ties her. He's gonna stay for AMS. Then I saw he's back in Canada working on his his sister's truck. So well, interesting, interesting events, I would say. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking at what point. Like, Ty's, what, 27 now? 28, maybe? At what point, like, and he's been with his dad all this time. Can Ty win without his dad? What do you think?
0: Uh, only if he gets another mechanic, I think.
1: You don't think he can, he can handle, like, everything on his own?
0: I don't know. I actually, I haven't followed closely, but... Can he actually do all the work himself?
1: I mean, I'm sure he's been to Does he races. Do that, ever he's been to races on his own, but you, you like I don't know. Like you know, Gord is the the obviously the USA team manager of X Ray. Um, or North America team manager. I don't know. It's it's just a weird situation, man. I don't know. Is 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 Ty? What? Like it's, I just find that whole situation weird. Maybe it's maybe we're reading into it too much, but it just seemed weird. I don't know what you guys think, what you guys have heard. I haven't heard anything else about it. So it sucks that you're not in America, dude. Trust me. We can't, we don't, we, we lose all. Yeah, you. we don't get
0: any yeah. first-hand info.
1: I know. Um, Reedy race has been canceled. I know that's old yeah, news. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, but that sucks. That's my favorite 10-scale race of, of the year. So I don't, it's, I don't think, the, and, that, and that brings me to my next Uh, thing is that UK has been shut down. France is shutting down. UK is shutting down this Thursday for four weeks. France is shut down. Talking to Felix. um, Spain, I think, shut down as well. Oh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, For COVID again, 2021, man, I don't know what's going to happen, man.
0: I don't know. I think the shutdowns will continue at least the first five, six months of the year. I think so, too. So that's going to suck.
1: It's going to suck big giant donkey balls. Yep. Uh I don't know what's going to happen. I just I'm I'm hoping and I'm hoping that it doesn't because I want to get back to I mean, I think I can get to races next year. But I want to do RC I want to do RCGP and all that stuff. Anyway. We'll see. We'll cross that bridge when it comes. RC injuries, dude. This is something that I I saw t- Robert was in was in the hospital. He got a surgery. Something I thought he looked that
0: that wasn't an RC injury,
1: I know, I know, but just injuries in RC, I should say. But, um, I forgot to put it in my notes, but man, he was looking really skinny, really bad in that picture. So I messaged him to find out what's happening, and he's okay. He had to get a surgery to get something. I don't want to spread what he had done, but I know he had to get a surgery.
0: I heard it was a penis enlargement.
1: You probably need one of those, as well as a, circumci- a circumcision. I
0: think everyone knows my situation. It's, yeah. it's okay.
1: You definitely need to be circumcised, Uncircumcised heathen. heathen.
0: Um, I'm how God intended me to right, be. Right, right, right. I'm uh, how God but made me. Yeah,
1: uh, I hope he gets well fast. He says he's feeling better. Um, And, uh, yeah, he's on the road to recovery. But he looked really, f- really frail in that picture. So, you know, I was a little bit worried, but he seems to be all right. And I was listening to Joe Zaire on Ran Out of Talent uh, yesterday, and he was talking about the J Concepts Midwest Carpet Nationals, which was a decent-sized race, two weeks. This just happened at the same weekend as the other. It was three big races on that weekend. It was a lot of racing going on, just worldwide. And this is so weird. So Brock Champlin won this, right? Uh, he, I think he, finna, he, beca- he won it was two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. I don't know exactly how this happened, but... He had to go to the hospital, or I believe, or had to get rushed to the, to something because Lee Setzer elbowed him by mistake as he bent over to marshal a car and extended his hip. But he came back to win. Which two.
0: guy? Which guy? <laughs> Lee Setzer. Lee
1: Setzer elbowed, like elbowed him as he went to, turn marshal a car or something.
0: About who?
1: Brock. But it was like an accident. They must have been running to oh. get a car or something, or something happened, mm-hmm. and he elbowed him in his hip, and like hyperextended his hip. I have never hyperextended anything, but I heard it hurts. But he went to the hospital. He got it. It hurts at initial, and then it um the pain goes away apparently. But he won it, man. Brock, uh, Brock. He's been doing some Facebook lives and stuff like that. I checked him out on Facebook. He's lost a He's a super skinny dude, man. He he needs I mean, I'm a fat dude. He's a skinny dude. He needs to eat some donuts or something. Pull on some weight. But very good. You talented. need
0: to eat more of the hole in the donut.
1: <laughs> Thank you, smart ass.
0: <laughs> That's what you need.
1: I only like chocolate donuts from Dunkin' Donuts, to be honest. Um Someone's hammering on my wall here. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but he came back to win two-wheel drive and four-wheel drive. So kudos to you, Brock. Uh, very talented young racer. I hope that he does more eight scale next year. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. Product news. Let me see if I could get this right. Let me see if I can get this right. But we have some product news. And just two things caught my eyes this week. And it was um, this right here. Let me see if I can get this right. I'm probably not. But anyway, you guys get the gist of it. These little shock boots right here. Not shock boots, but um, bump stops. This is something you might be interested in. This is about something like JQ drivers might be interested in. You cut the front chassis tabs off their car. But these are cool little, like what you make, what you advise to, for bump bump to prevent the uh, car from, uh, you know, the shocks from going up too high on up travel. But this is like a little shock. So it looks like a little like a little rubber spring that you put on there, and it helps keep them. Uh, so anyway, this is from Team Thornhill has released new shock cushion bump stops, which allow for a more consistent plus shock feel. Used to provide absorbing cushions at the bottom of shock strokes, helps prevent chassis from hitting the ground and causing rolls and hard slaps, increases stability in rough conditions, and reduces traction rolls. Use provided O-rings to adjust spacing of cushing to engage when car chassis is four to five millimeters from ground. Able to use shock setups with less pack to increase bump handling and still not bottom out. Install with small hole and cushing facing up, blah, blah, blah. We've been doing this for a long time with O-rings and and plastic pieces on our cars though. Joseph.
0: Yeah, but we typically don't set it so far that they start engaging before the chassis hits the ground I mean that's how it is in motocross and the cars also they have bump stops we don't really use them we have a bump stop but it doesn't engage until the chassis has already hit the ground so yeah this is interesting mm-hmm. it w- will be nice to see how they work
1: yeah for sure I think uh yeah. some of the jQ guys should get some of these especially for the guys who are running no front droop tabs
0: yeah, but the droop tab has nothing to do with that. Droop is di- on the Right, direction. right, right, right.
1: I'm I'm glad it reversed. I'm thinking of internal in the tr- in the shock. Yeah,
0: yeah, got you. Yeah. Got you, got you.
1: Um, all right, let's see. What else? AKA has uh, come up with a new tire. Well, not a new tire, but they have bought out a scribble tire for their Truggy. Let me get it up on her. Um, hold on. AKA's new Truggy Scribble. I think you guys can see it. Their Scribble tire was pretty popular for 10 scale, and they recently, uh, no, I say before COVID struck, they bought out the uh, Scribble for 8 scale, and now they have the Scribble for Truggies. So, all you Truggy guys out there, here you go aka products is proud to announce their eight scale truggy version of their best-selling scribble tire based on the evolutionary tread pattern tread design of the 10 scale scribble the eight scale truggy scribble will reshape how you currently think about tread selection on all surfaces the innovative weave platform of the scribble lends support to tread and allows for even tire wear across the surface of the tire the voids in the scribble pattern allow it to grip through light dust and accumulates during a race the weave pattern jesus Also features enough rubber in the design to make sure that the tire will have the wear resistance to hold up run after run. Hmm. There you go, Joseph. Uh, You don't run AKA no more, so no good for you. But yeah, check them out. www.raceaka.com. The Scribble.
0: The Scribble.
1: Did you ever try those tires or they came out after your time at AKA?
0: After my time, yeah. I haven't tried them.
1: Sweet. All right. Um... Upcoming races. Alright So we have the Alabama's Manufacturer shootout Number 11 which is happening On uh, This weekend coming I still can you're too close to the mic I can you gotta turn your headphones on man I can hear myself coming through the mic Um Come on man you wanna be a YouTube celebrity Learn proper mic technique What are you bringing up I gotta worry about you what are you doing here, Joseph?
0: <laughs> it wasn't supposed to come there yet. <laughs> so long as you don't something. have, like, a picture of your penis pump go or something on, up on. there,
1: your future penis pump that you're buying or something like that. You know, I'm good. Um, So that's happening. This race was actually supposed to happen in June, but it got postponed. And then we have the Blue Ridge Nationals. Uh, Factory Tracks released a... Which are a sponsor of this, this podcast. I should probably pay... Probably play their intro right now, in it? You know, I should play their commercial. What do you think, Joseph? Should I play the Blue Ridge Nationals commercial? I think so. I think so. I got it. I might as well use it.
4: We may be coming up on the end of the racing season, but we are not running off into the hills. Oh, no. Not exactly. It's time for the Blue Ridge Nationals. November 6th, 7th, and 8th in December, Virginia. Scale Racing Sports and BRC.com present the return of the Blue Ridge Nationals, where we race heads up all the time. Classes include 1-8th scale nitro, nitro, 1-8th scale electric, and 1-5th scale gas. Friday is a full day of practice. And Sunday, 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 last chance qualifiers and thirty-minute main events for all adult classes. Epic track designed by Anthony Westergaard and Factory Tracks. That trophy scrap, a wing vinyl graphics and metal art. And live event coverage from Matt Olson and Mod Live Media. Plus, on-site concessions, free parking, free camping, free indoor pit area, and the largest driver's stand in pit road you have ever seen. For more information, follow, like, and share us on Facebook at Scale Racing Sports. Event registration is open now at rcsignup.com. Don't miss the last big indoor arena event of the season, November 6th, 7th, and 8th. Apex Center, Whitfield, Virginia.
3: We'll see you
1: at the Blue Ridge. Yes, thank you to Scale Racing Sports for their support of the podcast. Uh, good luck to everybody going to the Blue Ridge Nationals. The track looks great. Joseph, focus. Look at me. We're back. He's not even listening to me. Um,
0: Oh, we're back.
1: Yeah, we're back. Your video is choppy too. You must be doing something on your internet. That's what's going on. You're super choppy. Stop downloading stuff, Joseph.
0: Um no, my internet just sucks.
1: Yeah, we need to he finally admits
0: it. Stop downloading any.
1: He finally admits it. Uh Blue Ridge Nationals. Anthony's there. I think actually though, Anthony's up there early building a track, but I think is gonna AMS. So, you know, I'm I'm really happy that it looks like this race is gonna get a decent turnout. Not as big as you know, AMS, obviously, probably about 200 inches, maybe 250, 100 plus people, which you may think, OK, that's not a big turnout. But for this for this event, it is because the last two events that they had there have not have a really big turnout. But I think they're going to get it now. They got a, they got, you know, Anthony in there and a, And the thing is, this track so big. They still have, this arena so big, they still have space they didn't use, which I'm glad. because you're, Just because you have a bunch of space, doesn't mean you have to make a track so enormous you can't see your car. So kudos to them. Track looks awesome. Can't wait to see if all, you know, when it's all cleaned up and all that stuff. And I think it's going to be a good event. It's going to be a great event for people who just want to go get some runtime, have comfortable race, be out of there early, get lots of runtime, bam. Good stuff. I look forward to this. He needs it. It needs to be popular. Let's go, Blue Ridge Nationals. Good luck, everybody. AMS. Now, AMS was moved to this date. Now I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna come out and say this. I like Dave. I like his his events. I think he does the best indoor events in RC. I'm not big on the entries, but I get it. We need to get the entries in so you can make money. This is about making money. I get that. I totally do. Uh, I know you don't like his practice schedule too much. I like it. Dave's always treated us good. I know it sucks that this is on the same day, but I know they kind of did this on purpose because these two guys are kind of having beef. I mean, this is in Virginia. Dave's in Alabama, so it is a pretty good distance apart. Yes, probably he's taking... Yes, they're taking entry from each other more than anything, but I just wish these guys could have worked it out so they had this races on two different days. Like, this AMS could have been later on in November or December. There's no racing going on in December. But I guess this is the only thing they could do. The only date, but I uh, I don't know. But AMS is gonna be stacked. It's gonna have all the pros there, like all the pros are going be there, besides Tasman. It's not good. And I've been to this race. I've been in 2018 in June. It was hot as balls. I had fun. It was the biggest jump I've ever jumped. Last year track was a bit eh. people complained about it, but I thought it made for great racing. I think um Cody won there too, opened there last year. Can't remember. One, open there or Wicked Weekend? One of the two. No, it was probably Wicked Weekend. And it's going to be a good event, but we can't see the track until it's released. So they're not going to release it anytime soon. So We shall see. We have a lot to talk about next week with the AMS race, I think, Joseph. Any predictions on who you think is going to win her? All the fast guys are going.
0: If everyone's going, then I mean, it will be about the same guys. I think so,
1: too. I think
0: T a... bow is Rivkin going? Yeah. So Rivkin will be good.
1: I'm going on a yeah. limb. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to choose Cav for this race. I'm not going to choose Fend. I'm choosing Cav.
0: Well, you know, at least you're learning. I'm proud of you.
1: Watch him win now. Watch him freaking win.
0: <laughs> oh, sure. my gosh.
1: What do you think about these two races being planned on the same day, man? I think it hurts each other, man. But I get what...
0: Yeah, of course. I, I mean, mean, it's... I'm not surprised.
1: I mean, okay, people would say... People were complaining about when RCGP, the Filipino... The Philippine race was the same day as, as Silver State. But the difference was, uh, the Philippine race is always on that date. Philippine Masters was always on that race. And we're talking about races that were 12 hours apart. You know, like, a complete entire freaking ocean apart. Not, you know, a couple of states. So, I don't yeah, know. I think it's gonna be good for BRN Blue Ridge Nationals. He gets his his trophies and his his entries in there. He kind of realized he needs to get he needed to get a good track built that's got people excited. Of course, Bobby's gonna knock it out of the park at AMS. They're probably waiting to see what Blue Ridge Nationals does. It's like, oh, you know, competition's good too. But competition's good. It's good for the racer. So, uh, let's see what's gonna happen. But I'm pretty sure AMS is gonna be the race to be at this week and competition wise and Blue Ridge will be decent we have a few guys going up there as well JQ guys and we have a few guys going to AMS so I wish them all the best and hey if, you, if you're if you rocking some NNRC gear at any of these races take some pictures and tag us Instagram or Facebook so we can uh, you know we can you can show us some love and we can show you some love too alright Joseph anything else to say about RC News anything you wanted to say before we move on
0: yeah one thing what's that it's this Oh, gosh. This is the ranking video we're gonna be doing, so just you know, just so you know, check out all these guys. We're gonna rank all these people.
1: Oh gosh! How did you make it on this ranking video?
0: Obviously, I have to be here, right? I mean, we got. Was it go on to like fifty? No, no. This is these are all the guys here.
1: So, but you're not even in the top twenty-five.
0: This is twenty-six guys.
1: Okay, so you're number twenty-six.
0: It's, it, it doesn't work like that so we have we have ridiculous God level up here okay. and then the done and whatever what does it say in there I can't see it Done and or never was level
1: Oh that would be you I can say that already.
0: So anyway so there are five levels and we need to rank all these drivers so I mean we have Savoya over there he's got a pretty good uh, picture I think Tesmans here Kilich brothers. So it's gonna be fun. I like that it's so yeah,
1: it's gonna be fun because it's mixed Europe it's you know, it's well mixed. And we can go we yeah. can talk about
0: it. Yeah, and this is this is the true ranking, you know. There's no secret mathematical formula to this. This is just pure emotion and some fact facts sprinkled in, you know, some actual race race results. A little
1: bit of facts sprinkled in?
0: Yeah, so that's how we that's how we do it. That's how we're gonna rank these drivers. All right. So we're going to be filming that this week. Release it. I don't know. Probably release it next week.
1: Yeah, we have to film it. Uh, we'll probably get yeah. to it this week sometime. As long Sounds as I have to good. wait for you for like two hours like I did this morning. just me. Oh, what did you that mean? come out loud? I just burped. Sorry, everybody. Excuse me. Um. All right. I think that's all we have. We have the ranking video coming up. We need to go to the Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A.
5: BeachRC.com. The racers one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. Beachrc.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. Beachrc.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at Beachrc.com today
1: yes sir yes sir thank you beach rc for all of your support it's greatly appreciated uh they will be at both races this weekend they are be at at um brn blue ridge nationals and at uh ams because they sponsored both so they'll be both there i think lucas is going to be at ams because obviously the bigger race not too sure it's going to be at br uh, blue ridge Nationals. so check out beach rc please we have an affiliate link in the in the description if you can use that it really helps us out um you know and hey thank you to brent lucas and all the btrc guys who've been showing our support from the get-go the you know if it was you know jq family everything just you know supported the podcast since the inception all right joseph so we have some questions and actually you know what mike walker has a question but i'm gonna make that the thought of the day because we need to talk about that all right we got a few truggy questions but i'm gonna I'm gonna try and lump them all in one so we can do one explanation. all right he says can JQ rate right RC what's up dude good to see you back racing RC cars you went missing for a little while I was worried about you but you're back good cool dude can JQ racing partner with a a company that makes a truggy since JQ won't make one well I mean you always ran AE ae truggies but i don't know if you can offer a deal for that or if you ever had a deal for that Mm, no idea
0: well not really now
1: yeah i don't know man you have to find a company that has a truggy and and use that until we have one but we're going to talk about truggy in a minute uh he also asked will assault rc make titanium screw sets for the car i love the titanium turnbuckles and carbon carbon fiber hop-ups Unsure. I know T-Works makes a, a titanium screw kit, but you only want that on the top of your car. Definitely not on the bottom chassis part of your car. And Mike Walker says, and when is Joseph going to make Truggy racing great again? We're going to touch on tr- Truggy here in a minute.
0: Why all the Truggy yeah, questions just, just, all of a sudden.
1: Just shush your mouth. You'll we'll get onto the Truggy stuff. Brett Ryan from Australia. He says, hi guys. I'm just curious why different shock oil weight is used for front and wear when the piston is already different. I try to Use them. I know. I butchered the Australian accent. I'm sorry. Hey, mate. He just wants to know, and I asked him what which pistons are you using. He says, no, I come from 10 scale, and uh, he just wants to know why the shock weight oil is different front and rear. So there you go. Oh, great Oracle of RC setup. Did you
0: freeze? So what am I supposed to answer? <laughs> is this shock weight question? Yes,
1: he wants to know why there is different shock oil weight used in the front and the rear when the piston is already different.
0: Well, if the piston is already different, then that's even more reason to use different shock weight. So I don't understand that part of the question. Yeah, to be I, think he, I think it came from, I that. think a more relevant question would be, why would you use different shock oil front to rear if you use the same piston? Cause then you could assume that, well, I'm using the same piston. Mm-hmm. So I want the shock to feel the same front and rear. Why don't I use the same oil? That would be a more relevant question. So I'm I'm taking the authority to modify his question to using the same piston front and rear, why don't you use the same oil? I'm changing officially, signing the document right now. Yep, signed, changed the question. Okay, here goes. This is why you don't use the same shock oil front and rear, usually, because the way the suspension geometry works is there's something called a motion ratio, how much the wheel moves in comparison to the piston. There's a ratio to that. The wheel moves more than the piston. When the piston moves closer to the same amount as the wheel, which if if they move the same amount, the ratio would be one-to-one. It isn't. The piston moves less than the wheel. The closer it is to -to one-to-one, the faster the piston moves. So because of this difference, uh you want to use different oils because the piston is moving at a different speed inside the shock body and also well the it's not also it's not linear it's progressive so as the piston moves further into the body the speed also changes it increases in our cars so it's also progressive so the piston doesn't move the same in the front shocks and the rear shocks. And that's why we use different oils.
1: You know what? I have something for you. You'll like this.
6: Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning I piss excellence.
0: There you go. Pretty much.
1: In your own mind. Thanks, Brett. I hope that answered your question. And thank you for tuning in all the way from Australia. All right. Next up is Evan Osborne jq i recently watched your youtube video on royal centers and there was one thing i didn't get you said if the shock piston is running higher in the body it will feel stiffer because there is more pressure why is this i would think it takes the same amount of force to move the p- piston no matter where it is and i he actually got his answer from cody Grams.
0: but well, I'm, before you read cody's answer the pressure is because the shock shaft moves into the body along with the piston so obviously the shock shaft has to take up volume and that's what raises the pressure.
1: You know what? That's exactly, exactly what uh, he said.
0: There you go. Strong am
1: with the force? There you go. Yep. So Cody Graham's had it right. Thank you, Evan Osborne. And thank you for the questions. Jeff Werner, what's up coach? Congratulations to your team. They made it into the semifinals, I think or something was telling me the other day i like jeff we have really great conversations of all the teams that supports eight scale nitro offer which team do you feel currently has the best roster of driver talent at the top level of rc Ooh, that's a good question this is my type of shit right here i love these type of questions
0: okay we have to think so associated is really good they have
1: Rifkin, Ongaro, Rifkin, Evans, Ongaro. Craig.
0: Isn't this only about eight scale?
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, Craig races eight scale. Sorry. Evan, yeah. Evans, no. They got Cole Tollard. They got,
0: they got us. Yeah, Cole Tollard. You're on a heart on it, too, if he did more hey, eight scale races. Jackson,
1: you can't sleep on Jackson Brunson, man. He's he's one. Yeah, well. Jackson
0: Brunson. They have many really good drivers. HP has Ronnefuck, Ogden as the main guys, and then. In America they have some other decent uh, main guys.
1: Well, we know who has the most people. It's S-Works cuz they have everybody.
0: Yeah, S-Works, Cavalleri, Boots, Kanas, Neumann.
1: Yeah. And then they have a they have a lot of young fast young guys coming up too.
0: In Europe S-Works probably has the best, I would say. And gonna... in America but in America they don't really. No, they have Cavalieri, and then there's a bit of a gap.
1: They have Camden, and they're like,
0: like I said, they have Cavalieri, and then there's a bit of a gap.
1: You know what? <laughs> what? I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just gonna slap you when I see you again, multiple times.
0: So Europe, I would say, yes, works. America, I wouldn't. Mugen has Robert, Mayfield, Drake, NATO. Yeah, it's kind of Infinity, but runs a Mugen. Mugen? Oh, actually, ran a Mugen. I don't know. I think he's running like a prototype now. Oh,
1: okay. All right. Um, I don't know, man. That's I don't I'm know. Gonna...
0: It's, it's hard to say, really. Yeah, I would agree. Was it just who has the broadest sort of good team? Who has or... the
1: best roster of driver talent at the top level of RC? I'm going to throw... um, I'm throwing Techno in there, man. Because they have... Kebo, who's rejuvenated his career. And as much crap as you like to talk about Joe Bornhorse, he's definitely improved. And then they have Seth coming up behind him. And then How has he improved?
0: It's just been average the whole time. He's
1: better than you. Either either he's improved How or you, you've gotten worse. One of the two.
0: How because, is that relevant? Because we haven't raced each other.
1: Yes, you have. You've been at the same races. You just haven't been in the race. <laughs> that's what that's what happens. You've been at the same races, you've just been in the, below it. So don't get. Oh yeah,
0: Kilich also with me again. Yeah,
1: Killich brothers,
0: uh, but well, Techno has no one in Europe. No, nobody techno in Europe. has no one outside of America, so they're they're out in America. Okay, they have Tebow, Bornhorst, and uh, Seth.
1: But they have a great team. Gone. Like they have, they have Wiggins behind, like doing leg work. They have, they have a great team. I think they have. The yeah,
0: but it, this is global, not just US. Shut up! He didn't say he didn't ask about just the US.
1: You know the good thing about this right. video is that I can do this to you. Shut up.
0: He didn't ask about only the U.S. So no, let's didn't. give him an answer globally. Okay, Techno is out because they are you just America look for excuses only. To, to globally S tech- Works is no. I'm fucking telling the truth. Okay, they have nobody in Europe, so oh, obviously no one truth. in Asia. So globally, they don't. They answered globally. I think globally. they don't send these guys to races all around the world. They race in America, and that's it, pretty much. Am I right? Yes, you are. Okay. There we go. S-Works. Decent because they have Cavalieri in America, but, you know, that's it. Europe, super strong. Asia, strong. So they are a step above techno because of that. Globally, S-Works has a better roster of drivers than techno. Do you see what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we look at someone else, Kiosha, Okay, forget about it. Not enough good drivers, right? Polito, Figueredo. I mean, Savoya. It's just not good enough.
1: Medjugorje. Europe,
0: okay. But America, no one. CJ Jelen, I mean, come on, be honest. It's not strong enough. TLR, no. no. Ios,
1: TLR, no. TLR is uh, looking good who else? on
0: the 10th Mugen, Mugen decent because they have Drake and Mayfield in America. Uh, Europe is Killich and Robert. That's pretty good. HB, Ronnefalk Ogden. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mugen is stronger than that.
1: But then I think HB Associated is really big in uh, Asia and, and and Australia too.
0: Uh, I don't know. I think S-Works is better.
1: Big, I said. Associated, uh, yeah, maybe, in Asia. maybe in Asia.
0: Rodrivkin and then other other good guys. So I don't know. I honestly, if I had to pick one now, it would be between Associated and S Works.
1: Really, hmm, interesting.
0: Yeah, X-ray have Testman, but also most have two good. But then, then the decision has to be the next guys after that. And see, in Asia and Europe, S Works have a lot of next guys. And in America, they have Camden Lime and who else? Uh, I don't know. Do they have anyone else?
1: They have, they have pretty weak in America. They have Shane Barrier.
0: Okay, so they have Shane Barrier (laughs) and uh, Camden Lime. So S-Works is strong in Europe, strong in Asia, weak in America. Associated is strong in America, Strong in Europe. Weak in Asia.
1: Yeah. Strong in Australia.
0: Uh yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Bernard Zac. Bernard Zack is fucking
0: amazing. Yeah, strong in strong there, yes.
1: That kid's fast. And you know, the Dexters. So favorites.
0: it's yeah, it's uh, it's really hard to pick, but I guess those would be the That's a good one question. I think we could talk about that question. NSWorks. We could
1: actually that would be like a, a long we, We've been on that A long enough But that would take us Like a long time To discuss that We would need a third person In that that one Yeah Alright great question coach Great question Jason Shornard I, I said it wrong He's how do I get More front droop Without cutting the tabs Off the chassis I, Again Cody Graham's Answers this one Joseph
0: What was the question
1: How do I get More front droop Without cutting the tabs Off the chassis He has a Black edition e-buggy
0: you cut the tabs off the chassis.
1: He doesn't want to cut the tabs off the chassis.
0: Well, then don't get more droop.
1: He can Dremel the arms too, except more.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dremel the arms where they hit the tabs, obviously, mm-hmm. since that's why you take the tabs off, because they hit the arms. And then also check whether check for C-hub clearance during droop Yeah, to make sure that the C-hub clears. Yeah. yeah. So I mean the latest arms you don't you don't need to do anything if you have those tabs cut then great and even if you don't cut the tabs you still get enough droop with the latest arms cuz they already modified so don't really need to do anything
1: All right good stuff good stuff next question is uh hold on let me find it Okay, it's not there. All right, let's go into the next question from mm-hmm. Joe Zer Jr., ran out of talent. Joe asked, there has been a lot of controversy with tracks and their max cap. People wearing masks or not, or people having a problem with if if them just being open. Should people be calling this out, or should they just keep their eye on their own bobber? Legit question. You know what, man? Uh, I'm so sick of this masks and people not liking people that wear masks and people being pissed off at people that don't wear masks and all that type of stuff. I'm going to tell you, here in the DR, we are still on curfew at 9 o'clock. You have to be inside. It's a little flexible during the week. And during the weekends, you have to be in by 7. Why? Because they don't want people out nightclubbing and all that type of stuff late at night. All that, you know, just big congregations of people. Not saying it doesn't happen during the day. Also, you have to wear a mask. Anywhere you go her, any shop you go into, you have to wear a mask, you have to stand on a line, you have to be socially distance, you have to stand at little spaces. If the freaking DR can do this and people can pay attention to that, then the rest of the world can do it. I I'm like, man, I don't have a problem wearing a mask. I it sucks. I've i have worked underground. I've I've had to wear a respirator for 12 hours a day. You know because you don't want you don't and bigger masks than that that actually You know, you were because you don't want to suck. But, you know, you want to keep as much of that stuff underground out of your lungs as possible. And people being pricks, man, like being snitches and all that stuff. Like, I'm just like. Like, I don't know what we're getting into in life, like where we have to like we like what happened to snitches get stitches like, you know, like why are we always like quick to just call out people on every everything? Like, again, people have to call on dumb shit. If they're following the rules for that particular state and everything, I'm cool with it. I don't know the rules for every state, but, man, you see people freaking out of a podium, pictures of all masks. And even these people who are against masks, just wear them. Like, just, it's not that hard. Like, it's not that hard. I get it's It's aggravating, but, like, at least for the podium pictures, wear the masks. Like, I don't know, man. You can, you know what? A mask is another way to promote all your sponsors. If you got all your sponsors, you can have your whole mask full of sponsors. Nobody cares about shirts anymore. Masks full of sponsors. Next thing you know, you have like people with ninja masks, and they have sponsors all over them. Just see their eyes. You don't even know who it is.
0: But only in America would they make something like wearing masks a political issue. I, I don't like. Know. You can. You can. It's basically like this: if someone's against masks, then you know that they're Republican. I I don't want to get. Heck it's incredible. Yeah, I know that, but <laughs> I don't. Want, I don't really want to get
1: into all of that. I just. I just want to say like. This is not, you know, I don't do politics here. Take it easy. I know today is your Super Bowl of politics because it's election day in America. Calm your tits. Yeah, but I'm All I'm right? just
0: saying it's it's ridiculous.
1: It, I think I think the whole infighting is ridiculous. I, I'm so tired of it. I'm so fed up with it. I I don't look, man. I have my wife and my children to look after. That's who I look after. I wear a mask to protect others. I don't. I guess it doesn't protect me. Whatever. I wear a mask when I go to places. I wear a mask when I'm out in public. Pot- okay, when I walk back and forth to my my the office, I don't really wear a mask. But you know what? The cops could stop me and fucking harass me and probably take me jail if I'm not wearing a mask. You know. So before everybody's complaining about that, I think I might get put in jail for not wearing a mask. And Lefty doesn't want to go jail. Not in the anyway. I I just so over all that bullshit, man. I'm so over it. Like, I want to kind of get. I want to get back to races next year. If I have to wear a fucking mask to do that, I will wear... I will wear... I'll bring my whole... I have, like, this whole breathing apparatus that I use for spraying shotcrete that has a whole face shield with a battery pack and all that stuff. I'll wear that if it allows me to go back to racing. Because in Europe, they're shutting down shit, right? And in here, we have a carfew. So, I don't know. Anyway, that's my rant. Like, worry about yourself. If, if you see people over there not being safe... Stay away from them. Don't like it's just like just come on. Like, like everybody, you you're wearing a mask, you're a, you're an idiot. Oh, you're not wearing a mask, you're an idiot. Nobody wins. It's like the never ending argument between you and Jeff. Anyway, that's how I feel about that. Wear your mask, keep everybody safe. That's my opinion. You don't want a mask? That's your decision too. But if they make it mandatory to wear a mask, wear it. Because you know, people like Pretty me. Much. Go, people like me can go jail. If I don't wear a mask, I'm not saying they're putting people in jail for that, but I have, that's what I'm told. Adam Ian Reeve, now that NASA has accomplished what they have tried to do for years and found out, found what could be water on the moon, does this give hope for one day, for JQ, hope of one day finding a girlfriend? Well, I told you, if you come down here and hang out with me for a few months, yeah, you'll get a girlfriend. You have a few girlfriends. Okay. No girlfriend on the horizon for you, Joseph? It's not in the books. Fully re I had one for
0: a few months already.
1: You didn't even tell me.
0: I told you, but you didn't believe me.
1: No, no, no. I didn't know you had a girl.
0: I did. I honestly, I did. I did. And it was on a WhatsApp group, I think. you, Maybe you and Scott. I can't remember. And neither of you believed me and just made fun of it. And I just joined in.
1: <laughs> so who's this imaginary girl? Is she the invisible woman? yeah was she finished
0: she's invisible she's just i'll leave it as a mystery oh
1: you don't want to tell nobody hey no all right next question is from david brashears being a newbie i have been running pre-mounted tires and have good success and and i've had good success being i've been thinking about moving to gluing my own tires is there a real advantage in gluing my urn? What is the benefits of this? And thanks for the great podcast. Well, thank you, David, for the support. Go ahead, Joseph. You can handle that one. I'm looking for another question here.
0: I wasn't paying attention.
1: You never pay attention. He wants to know if there's an... He's been using pre so He wants to know if there's an advantage to gluing up his own tires because he's a newbie. So he's going to go into gluing up tires.
0: No, get pre-glued. Save your time and health. <laughs> I'll Mental be honest health. with you.
1: I'll be honest with you. I kind of like pre. I hate two things. I hate in RC is, I don't mind gluing tires. I hate prepping tires to glue, and clutch work. I hate doing clutch work. I can do it. I just hate clutch work because it's hard with my hand. But um, yeah. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I like I like too. The Pro Circuit ones are pretty good. Which were the best pre of the RCGP series, you think?
0: Uh, the HB ones. They weren't problems. And... Yeah, the HB ones were the best. Uh, As in quality-wise.
1: I mean, at some point, David, you will have to learn how to glue your tires. The first thing I'm going to say is prep, clean them. Like, use some acetone. I like acetone and... Just clean that bead as good. Uh, clean that bead until when you rub your napkin, like I use shop towel or microfiber towel, as you rub that until you're getting black stuff coming off. If it's still brawn, that's the, that's the, f- the solution that they use, mold release solution, and that's what you want off your your tire. That's what causes your tire to uh, come unglued. So you want to
0: have also been good pre glued always. Okay.
1: But and and most people glue their tires because they may want to modify their foams or they may want to put different foams in there. But if you're happy with, with pre-glued, stick with it until you and then you can learn how to, to glue. You know, it's 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 an art to glue in tires. That's why some people that's all their jobs they do at, at races is glue in tires. So anyway, good question, David. Uh Dave Carmendi, uh Katie's husband of race like a girl podcast they're going to Blue Ridge I think this week I was cutting a new body he's an engineer by the way uh, I was cutting a new body and it got me thinking eighth, eight, one eighth and underslide arrow Velcro or not anything to this
0: I mean it doesn't really make a difference now, can, we,
1: can we explain this for idiots like me does he mean like under the carriage airflow like, and making the car stick and all that stuff.
0: You mean, he he means an underbody.
1: Oh, like they what used to have on the four-wheel drive cars and all that stuff.
0: For the short course, like they had on the short course cars. Like, you have a... Read it again.
1: I was cutting a new body and it got me thinking. One-eighth and underside aero, A-E-R-O. Velcro oh, or Oh, under the chest. Yeah. Velcro, Do you or not?
0: velcro or not
1: i think it means sticky okay
0: so i think it means just to secure the body so it's tight around the side guards and all that stuff yeah, no, yeah. that's not no i think it looks better. i i don't see it making a difference it looks better
1: i like i prefer to have that than my body flopping all over the place i think it makes your body stronger yeah. You know what? Stay right there. You're actually perfect the way you're, where you're positioned. Talking, you gotta learn some some mic technique there, Mister Quagri.
0: I'm further away now.
1: But, but you saw on the right. I don't hear myself in the uh, in the in the headphones. Curtis Wong. I like how Curtis thinks. JQ Canada. When is Lefty getting a raise?
0: Lefty's been getting constant raises, and he's also his own man soon. I mean, that's the goal, right?
1: Let me go get my let me go, get my. let me go get my rubber boss. boots. I got some really long rubber boots that come up past my knee because the shit is getting thick. No, no raise for me. Uh, I, my honestly, uh, yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen to twenty one. We're gonna do something different here. I mean, the podcast is becoming more full time uh we have some sponsors i mean i mean this isn't like the biggest money making thing we're trying to make you know obviously this is a lit- we're doing something full-time you should get paid for it but uh the patreon money definitely helps me out a lot so uh if you want to be a patreon go check it out man that helps me out directly it only costs five bucks so. or whatever you want to be honest so good stuff thank you Curtis, for the question darren johnston with JQ's new career as a YouTube superstar, who will take over as the main factory driver at JQ Racing? Well, we should have got rid of him as factory. I don't even know if you're a factory driver anymore. Yep. Man, if you don't... I don't redeem, know
0: if I race RC cars anymore. Yeah. Last time was a long time ago.
1: Yeah, I don't even know if... After that performance, at your last performance at DNC, I don't even know if you, you're a factory driver anymore.
4: Factory driver no.
0: Well, we have Aaron Dexter, but he lives in the middle of nowhere, Australia.
1: uh, Yeah, if we could get him to America, it'd be great. Cody is is good, but he's focused on football right now. That'd be over right now. He's a multiple sport.
0: Oh man, that
1: dude's gonna make money and and whatever he does. Like, I told him already, man. He's like, I want to be a pro RC driver. I was like, yes, but be a pro baseball player, and then you can build. You can have. You can be. You can have your own RC company after that. Yeah, I said JQ is gonna need investors. So go become a pro baseball player. Um, yeah, I don't know. We got young Cole Cabre. He's coming up too, another young rider driver. We got uh, Braden over there, and 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 Jack, little Jackson's like he's gonna be good too, uh, over there in Australia. And we have Adam. We need, we have Felix, and me, but nobody on that level. I would, I think if if the thylacine came to America more. If he could get to America and spend some time there, he'd be, he'd be he'd get really good. I think if he got could get to the other side of Australia with like McBride and Bernadzek and those guys, he would uh, improve. But he he was telling me the other day he's going on a he's going on to race in Australia next month, five thousand kilometer road trip. I said document it, dude. No, of that crazy? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's he's like we're we'll going through desert. I said I don't care. Document it. Document that stuff, man. Uh, Ryan Steck. JQ Racing Canada. What's up, Ryan? Will Reverse Ackerman ever have a place in off-road racing? I'm not an engineer. What the heck is he talking about?
0: The wheels. So the, if this is the wheels of the car, the front tires, when they turn, if they turn parallel to each other, that's uh, no Ackerman. And then if the inside wheel turns more because it's going around a smaller radius circle than the outside, so for the tires not to slip or scrub on the surface of the track when you're turning. They can't turn the same, the inside has to turn more. That's the difference in the tires angles is the Ackerman angle. So reverse Ackerman would be if the outside turns more, but it's like the opposite to what's actually needed. And no, I don't think so because- Does, does any form of
1: racing or vehicle use reverse Ackerman?
0: I think maybe, Maybe they do in something like uh, two-wheel drive on-road stuff, like Formula One. Maybe they use something like that, at mm. time. So
1: I'm still confused about the what point it being does. that
0: it turns the front wheels to a different degree. So parallel steer would be that both the inside and outside wheel turn the same amount. Mm-hmm. With Ackerman, the inside wheel turns more.
1: Right, but reverse the outside wheel. The reverse
0: and reverse the outside turns more. How would you even inside. do that? How? Yeah. Just to say, how, the same. How? It's you do it the same as you do now, right now. If you look at the steering knuckle from above, you have the kingpin where the, that the wheel turns around, and then to the inside of that you have the steering link. That gives you Ackerman. The further inside that is, the more Ackerman you have. So I guess if you go outside, then you would get outside of the Kingpin, then you would get reverse Ackerman maybe. I haven't even thought about it, but I, that's my assumption. But anyway, so that's not something that we would do because we want some Ackerman so that it smooths out the steering. We don't want too aggressive steering. And also we want to find the right Ackerman setting so that the car turns nicely in the really tight corners
1: interesting so. you know what i like about this video is that now i can see what you mean like you, you made the example of your hands it makes things so much easier i like that good thinking yeah good thinking you know what you got another
6: well Deck, here's the deal i'm the best there is plain and simple i mean i wake up in the morning i piss
1: excellence there you go you piss excellence dude. pretty much all right our final question comes actually this is our combined truggy questions so we had quite a few Axel Owen. What's up, Axel? How's your... I I, I, must, I must let it loose, but uh, Axel had a... He had an RC injury a few weeks ago. I hope it's healed up. He did it all to himself, too. He goes, At every race I've been to recently, people have multiple cars of the same brand. E-Buggy, E-Truggy, Nitro Buggy, Truggy, etc. Is it really that difficult to make a Truggy conversion? Please explain. Chassis extension, longer arms, universal turnbuckles. Okay, hold on. Hold on for a second. We'll get to that. I could care less about Truggy, but if I was new and going to do both classes, which I, almost everyone does now, I would buy a brand that, uh, I wouldn't buy a brand that only sort of buggy. I, I I agree with you There's your Ackerman. Okay, there we go. And a great example of the Ackerman. Okay, reverse Ackerman, Ackerman inside
0: wheel is turning more than outside. Parallel steer, they turn the same. Reverse, outside turns more than inside.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Sweet.
0: Thank you. See that?
1: I do see that. I see how it works. Anyway, he says, I could care less about Truggy, but if I was new and going to do both classes, which almost everyone does now, I wouldn't buy a brand that only sold a buggy. And I had to get another different brand to get a Truggy. Or, like most people do when they get frustrated with their results or friends, try the latest kit. Just switch brands completely. And he goes, and, and a question he'll actually answer, though. How long between diff oil and shock oil changes and the setup guide. Let's answer his first question, This, this, the second question first.
0: Okay, one, uh, one at a time. Let's do the, the, the
1: diff question. oils and shock oil, because I know that's easy.
0: How often? Yeah. Well, I mean, diff oils, you don't need to change as often as shock oils, I think. I think, actually, what I wrote in the guidebook was to save time on wrenching, if you aren't trying to get the absolute maximum performance, If you change center diff, every gallon, rear diff, every two gallons, and front diff, every three gallons. So every gallon, you're changing the center diff, and then every uh, second gallon, your center and rear diff, and third gallon, uh, front and center diff. Now, at some point, they do overlap, but you get the point.
1: And shock oil changes? I mean, I guess it depends on your... You know, like how dirty your oil is too. If it's all dirty and gunky, no. like yeah. Change that well, stuff.
0: The shock oil you tend to have to change because of the temperature anyway. Yep. And maybe you just want to adjust the the feel of the car a bit depending on the track. So you tend to to have to change those just because of the setup issue already. But if for some reason you're just running on the same track, same temperature, just testing, for example, or that's just you just run on your home track and that's it. Yeah, uh, I would agree. And the I setup don't law. know. I mean, honestly, the shock, shock oil is weird because sometimes you can have a situation where let's say you're running emulsion and it's not perfect and there's maybe a bit too much air in there than you would like what the ideal situation would be. But that might be an awesome setting. Like your car might be just really good with that. And then when you rebuild, it's not quite as good. So that's that's something i think people miss a bit they think somehow that oh magically they're going to it's going to be better if they change the oil and i don't know i've i just don't really agree with that i think that when you change your oil especially when you run emulsion it tends to change your ride height a bit where you have to run it run the car and then adjust your ride height right after you've run. And then it kind of settles. So it's sort of right after you change it, it needs a run to settle. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. And once that's happened, it stays really consistent for a long time. So I don't really know. I don't have an answer for you. I I wouldn't change Shock oils for no reason in a race. Let's put it that way. Right. I, I just don't believe in the fact that some people say, oh, you change the shock or you get more grip or this and that. No. If you get more grip, you're changing the setup. You aren't changing the to the same feeling. You, do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like You're changing something then. I Not just changing the same oil to the same feel. So, I don't know. Gotcha. It's hard, hard to say.
1: And what is the... Setup guide. When are we expecting the? Uh, did you? Did we name it already? The invisible
0: speed? invisible speed. Yeah. So uh, it's at the publishers now. So I I haven't got the ETA, but I would assume within this month. Okay. So maybe this week or next week, then it will be online and people can pre order, and that's that.
1: Awesome and. As for your question about Truggy and everybody else's question about Truggy. All right. I thought it was just simple too. Longer chassis, longer arms, universals, all that type of stuff. It's not that simple, people. It's not that easy. How do I know? I've watched JQ guys. I've been in a WhatsApp group and I watched all the t- everything they've gone through to try and make... There are some JQ conversion Truggies out there. Will Smith made a whole one. Uh, Scott and those guys have one. But people overlook a lot of things. You need shocks. Shock bodies. Probably uh you could probably get away with using shock uh the same shock shafts. You need wider arms. That costs money. You need more molds. You need a mold for the arms and the front, you need a mold for rear arms and front arms. There's big money right there. Uh you need universals, turnbuckles, not too hard. Chassis, eh, not too hard. The gearing is what what kind of what people had a big time if, you know the gearing for the truck because remember truck you kind of want to get them close to you know you know you don't want a big center you know the early truck is used to just put like big 56 inch uh spur gears on there because we didn't change the gearing in the uh in the ring and pinions And yeah that was fun but that creates a lot of rotating mass uh, lifts puts weight up high because you had to raise up the diffs you know the center diffs so that worked back in the day but the gearing is what would have to do to use regular diffs and all that stuff. That's where guys can't, and, and just making it long. It's a lot of money. It's not just that easy. And you might have to make new gearboxes for the actual, um, for the new gearing. So, yeah, it's, it's not that easy. No, I'm talking to Axel. Axel, like, he is a tinkerer. He, he showed me what he'd done to his JQ car to make his, his electric uh, ESE and, and uh, motor work. So he'll probably, if you want to build a truck, you go do it. But it's not that easy. And I think it like you said, it wait wait till we wait till a new car or whenever that comes out and we do that. Are you working while I'm talking?
0: Yeah. Jesus.
1: But yeah, that's what it comes down to, Axel, man. Pretty much just it costs money. And to be honest, like I love Truggy. I actually think e Truggy's growing more now. But e buggy's so big, man, it's just, it's actually probably bigger than. Or as big as Nitro Buggy. Now, I hate to even say that. But, um, yeah. And you know what? The good thing about e-buggy is, and Nitro Buggy, you can use the same tires and, and stuff and use the same parts. Like people say, oh, well, my chuggy, my parts, switch over. Yeah, not really. You can't really use the same arms and stuff like that. Same drive shafts and all that. Some parts you turn up. But it is, it is a lot of money. And for a market that's only really strong in America, you know, unfortunately. So. We shall see. We shall see.
0: Yeah, it also needs packaging, manual. Uh, Everything needs to be added to the website, web shop. There's a lot of work that goes on also, apart from just designing the parts, paying and producing the molds and uh, CNC parts. So there's a lot of that too. Like it's just not worth it. Maybe after there's a new buggy version and the buggy version is new, then if you can really quickly after that release an e-buggy and after that a truggy then maybe it's worth it because you have all the nitro cars maybe you can sell more buggies also because someone who runs truggy and wants the truggy to be the same car will then consider it as an option so they'll think okay now jq has a truggy so i can get the jq nitro buggy and e-buggy too so if you take that into account then it could be worth it just truggy sales it's not even worth doing because the sales are so small so
1: yeah i get that yeah hope one day we will have a truggy until then run whatever you want i'd run a techno truggy <laughs> cuz i think it's great i run e truggy to be honest
0: um heck no anyway i think that's I'd run good. team associated that's yeah. the way
1: yeah well oh that too i enjoyed driving your car
0: Ruining it. No, I, I mean, did. how you could pretty I much ruin much ruined it? it? I did not ruin it. <laughs> you did it one race and it was done. The body was pretty new too. It ruined.
1: I didn't even touch. All I did from that car from Southern Nets to uh, SCRC was change diff oil. I did nothing else. I didn't even use the same tires. I know you didn't do
0: anything, but you drove it and smashed it around the track and ruined it. I did not ruin Pissed it. me off.
1: It, well, maybe if you were to walk faster when my wheel, my hub came off, I wouldn't have to do that type of stuff always complaining always complaining you always you complain when i raced in in argentina it's like you're gonna break your car stop being stupid did i break the car no i did lose it i did lose third on the last lap though oh that sucked so bad all right joseph i think that's it for the bench racing btrc bench racing q a thank you everybody for your questions keep them coming we will post up uh you know, send us on Instagram, Facebook, or send us uh, via email at the no name RC Part the No Name RCPC at gmail.com or shoot us a private message on the Facebook uh, no name RCP no name NNRC Facebook page. I couldn't get that out. Okay. Um, you know what, Joseph? It's time to go on to the Sun City RC raceway thought of the day and this part of the podcast is brought to you by sun city rc raceway they just recently held the the us open home of el paso's famous world famous true old school track it's motocross inspired it's a um, motocross inspired eight scale off road track it has great handicap accessibility for you know corbin corbin Shaw's races there and he can beat joseph any day with his uh joseph racing his own control versus joseph it's actually quite a spectacle to see we need to find that video they have gate starts uh they have covered pits they have everything you need for the professional feel with the amazing country views to match SCRC is located on four acres of parking with plenty of room for RVs and trailers the racing can carry on into the night with a well bit well lit track and pit area and it's covered now too a part of it SCRC is privately earned and run by the Charles family who have been in the RC scene for 20 plus years. Thank you, Joey. Thank you, Christian. Thank you, Corbin. They treated us really well when we went there and all of the New Mexico guys, New Mexico guys. What's up. They also own their all equipment so they can make frequent track changes to the layout. And they even hire professional track builders for big races and RDs as well. Please go to Facebook, look them up on under sun city RC raceway, Give them a like, and if you're ever in the El Paso area, go check out their track. So thank you to SCRC, and I look forward to getting back there one day. So the RC thought of the day actually goes back to uh, my good buddy Mike Walker. He started racing again. He took a little hiatus during the summer, said it was too hot. He wants to know, how do we make club racing in America great again? He goes, why do organized clubs in Europe Work in Europe and an example, and Australia, for example. Uh, I think the race, the track that Zach and, and all those guys go to, and Jack, and they, that's a club race track, and they do, they, that runs really good. He wants to know why this doesn't happen in America. And I wanted to talk about this real quick because this is something that we've talked about before, but it goes both ways. So, Joseph, pay attention, stop working. I'm gonna slap you, boy slap you son
0: yeah 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 club racing blah 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 been over this a million times
1: anyway well i just wanted to touch on this uh yes in in europe they run a lot of the tracks are run by clubs because a lot of the land is not theirs and that's how they get they keep keep that's how they make money they 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 pay you pay and you pay a, a club fee i guess it's a yearly fee you pay that that money goes to upkeep of the track, as well as your race fees. So there you go. You have to you pay for that. Has to be organized. The problem with clubs is that it isn't one person making the decision. There's a committee usually, and then there's people that you know. the The issue with the club is when everybody's paying some money to be in it. They feel that they everybody needs a, has a say. I get that. I mean, we went through the same thing in Bermuda with with our track, like, and what it comes down to, always with the clubs, is it's just a handful of people that do the work. Yes, people, other people help, people run and all that stuff, but it always seems to be a, hand group, a handful of people because they have to do it to make it work. Which is great, which is good. It has its its pluses and negatives because you can share the load. Money is bought in through, through fees and people can work on a track. Now, when you run a track for a business like OCRC, like a lot of the tracks in America as well they'll run as a business some people have them on their yards in their, their yards which is great they don't have to pay rent but some people rent out you know rent out stuff and when, you, when you're running a track as a business I don't think it's good to do it as a club because it's a business you're providing a product and I think it comes down to for me instantly when I built my track her, well not my track my buddy's track but I built it it was him and I made the decisions and mostly me it was so much easier. I didn't have to go through five people to find out what to do, and everybody wanted something on the track. He said, Keenan, all I want on the track is this, everything else you can do on your own. That was so simple. But it comes down to you have to constantly provide a product for people. So I don't know, man. Uh but club racing is definitely growing in America. That's good. People are doing it. I think they need to go to do like what Hot Rod does. Have a not, you don't have to only club race on the weekend. Have a Tuesday night nationals, like, you know, racing starts at 7, finishes at, at before 12, depending on entries. I mean, they do it at, at uh, most most club races I've been to are on Tuesday nights. I don't know why. And then OCRC has Wednesday nights. So I don't know. What's your thoughts on this, Joseph? I know you're disengaged because this doesn't interest you.
0: Just make the race formats more interesting, more fun. Yeah, You know, less sitting around, less qualifying, more heads-up racing. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I think one for, qualifying round, two lanes, or heads-up qualifying, or you know, make it more fun for people, and, and make it so that they don't have to spend so much time at the track.
1: And not only that, that's true. Right. Like I know we're going to say, well, in Europe they do this well. In Europe, they don't like you know people wasting time calling out turn marshals as well. I watched uh, what race did I watch the other day, and I, they took forever to get marshals out there. I couldn't believe it. I was like, man, in England, if you weren't at your car and with your high vis vest one. By the time that race started, you was docked the lap right away. That They have to do it in to you, make the day go by. They make the time In Europe, by. they don't
0: club race that much, though, compared to America. I, That's another benefit sort of of it being a business because they have the incentive to do club races because they get money. So
1: well, I used to go to Silverstone for Tuesday night races.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe UK, they club race. But generally in Europe, it seems to be less.
1: I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, What do you think about that? What's your thoughts on that? Is it better to have a club? I mean, there's like Phil Hurd is a club, like with a committee and all that stuff. I was listening to Drew talk about it. They actually have to move, I believe, uh, to a different part of the... And that's been around since the 80s. So there are great examples of of club races, club organized tracks in America as well. But I get what he's saying. Great question, Mike. Uh, good luck whatever race you go to this weekend. It's good to see you and Trent racing again and uh, get Jake Lasko out there. What's up, Jake Lasko? Box rule. Box rule. And that is our RC thought of the day, Joseph. And now we're going to go on to the, uh, to the main interview. Do you have anything to add before we do that?
0: Nope.
1: Nothing at all?
0: Nothing at all.
1: All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for the questions. Thank you, everybody, for this, Uh, for... Just sending questions, know what been going on for hour and 47 minutes. But here is the main interview brought to you by Techno RC of Josh Wheeler.
5: Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off-road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. TechnoRC excellence in engineering hashtag Techno takeover.
1: So last year you guys know I attended the Silver State for the first time. Uh, well, not my first time attending Silver State, but my first time at uh, the uh, the location that it is at now and i saw this this guy this tall skinny guy walking and he had a little bit of a limp and i'm saying i recognize this guy but i didn't and it ended up being um josh wheeler i hadn't seen him in many many years so i stopped and i said hey man i met you and your brother and your dad way back in 2005 he was at the Offner race with paul Coleman at um at in charlotte and i said i know you go to bermuda i'm from bermuda i know you didn't know who i was but um i said look i got this podcast and i really want to get you on there and it's been a whole year and a bit and i'm just happy that you did come on her so thank you mr josh wheeler for coming on the podcast how are you man
6: doing good doing good can't complain at all so i appreciate you having me on yeah thank
1: you man um you did pretty good at silver state last year too did you you almost made the main i think
6: yeah it wasn't wasn't bad i mean i probably could have used a little bit of practice but uh and I showed up with brand-new cars, so that didn't help me at all. <laughs> Your brother so, made uh, the main,
1: though, right? He made the open main, I believe.
6: Or he yeah, he um, he raced even less than I did, so he decided to run open. And, uh, yeah, he did really good.
1: Sweet. Awesome, man. Um, You are learned for that guy who does not practice and can still show up at any big race and still uh, put on some of the fastest laps. So <laughs> kudos to you. Yeah. <laughs> kudos to you. Like, everybody, I told you before, everybody... That I talk to puts court uh, as one of the most naturally talented drivers. Well, I have to throw you in there as well because you've done some amazing things in your career, and yeah, we're going to talk about all of that today. So yeah, um, yeah, thank you. Good stuff. All right. So in case you guys don't know, Josh Wheeler and his his brother Justin, they used to be they used to race a lot back in the two thousands in the heyday or the Attitude Era, as I like to call it, of of RC, and also into these later years. He's uh, made multiple finals at IFMAR Worlds. Um, he's been to all these big races. He's traveled all around the world racing, at, which is great. You know, we know a lot of people that do that, but his story, what led him to this is even greater. So we're going to start over there. So let's just talk about how did you get into RC? You started out, you come from a motocross background,
6: correct? Yeah. Yeah, I started motocross when I was a little boy. And uh, yeah, that's that's where my, I guess my passion for racing Kind of came from so, yeah. That's definitely the start of it.
1: Was you good at motocross?
6: Yeah, I, mean, I was. Yeah, anything around the Midwest. I mean, I pretty much won a lot of big races, and uh, I quit when I was twelve. So I, I was just getting on a uh, eighty, and um, yeah, I mean, there wasn't. My dad was out every weekend racing, and I like to say I won my fair share and was better than average for sure. Oh yeah,
1: why did you end up quitting at twelve? What 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 happened in your in your in your life that that you made you stop running motocross riding motocross
6: yeah yeah it was kind of a not a, not an option it was uh, i had unfortunately was diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. um so and they kind of found that i was going partially paralyzed on my left side and uh i used to play a lot of sports and ride motocross and i remember laying in a couple jumps at the race and my hand just fell off the handlebar and uh at 12 you're kind of wondering you know what's going on here and uh so my mom kind of was thinking a pinched nerve cause I had been trying to do a backflip, believe it or not on my bicycle the week prior. And I kind of landed on my head a little bit anyways. So my mom was pretty sure it was pinched nerve and that just kind of was causing the issue. And, um, I went in for a checkup and by literally after school one day, they picked me up and brought me to the doctor, thought it was a pinched nerve kind of, they realized, Nope, you have something far more severe going on. And, uh, basically that same night I was diagnosed with a brain tumor wrapped around my spinal cord and C one, two, and three. And they basically told me, I got three weeks to live if, if we do nothing. Mm-hmm. And um, so they gave me the option of obviously do nothing or go into surgery and try to buy you some time. And uh, they gave me basically a 15% chance of living through the surgery. And they told me if I did make it, I'd never walk again because kind of how the surgery would go. It was going to paralyze me the rest of the way. And so, yeah, it wasn't really, I didn't really know at 12, they didn't tell me all of that right away. I mean, obviously they tell my parents and don't tell me every bit of that, but, um, so I was rushed into surgery. So from one day after school, going to get checked up to 6am the next morning, I was in surgery and, um, yeah, so that's kind of what ended my motocross career. And, uh, basically I made it through the surgery and it took a couple years of rehab to try to get my left side back and it, it wasn't coming back at all at the beginning and then slowly started coming back and uh rc car came i, I messed with rc cars a little bit when i was younger my dad had there was a local track that we had kind of messed with just briefly and um so i was in a wheelchair and literally nothing to do and this was before you know ipads and all the stuff nowadays so my dad went to the local hobby shop and got me a grasshopper remote control car and I kind of started messing with that and he brought me to the local track and it just, I started in a wheelchair and, uh, it just started there. So that was kind of what started it all.
1: Was you able to use your left, um, arm? Because I'm actually now, look, my left arm's paralyzed, not through cancer, but yeah, through motorcycles and stuff, that's like 75% paralyzed. So it's kind of difficult wow. for me to drive, but how did you figure out how to use the control and all that stuff? Or did you have fully function in your fingers and stuff like that?
6: yeah by the time I got back to I started racing, I was getting to where I could move my finger a decent amount. it's really slow um but I think also that may have made me a smoother driver mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so I was it was more of at the beginning just a way to kind of race something and get that kind of bug you know itch fixed or itch scratched and um, yeah and so I, I could I could work my left hand a little bit. there's a lot of things my dad had to do, mm-hmm. but I think that's what also helped me get better was forcing me to use my left hand and uh, my dad quickly being the race fanatic my dad is he realized that the grasshopper wasn't cutting it for racing and uh, he started upgrading me cars and within a couple years about two years maybe i was racing a scale so that was it was pretty quick
1: yeah but you back to your what your with your with your treatment um you you started to come in you started getting back and then as you was telling me before, you had you actually had a setback and you did a, um, you went in for another test and they found that the tumor was still there, correct?
6: Yes. So basically about a year and a half, give or take a little bit into after my surgery, um, I was starting to get decently like my left side back where I could at least walk. Um, I'd have to, I couldn't walk for a long period of time, but I could hobble around. And, um, I went in for a checkup cause they had checkups every few months and they noticed my tumor started to grow again. And that was something that the doctors, I guess, kind of expected, but, um, you know, I'm, you're never, I'm never ready for it. But, um, so I, um, basically they want to, um, my dad took me down to Mexico because he started doing research on what different types of treatments are out there for cancer that um, may be an option because they just basically told me to kind of wait it out at home and see what happens. And, um, so we went down to Mexico and just, my dad viewed it as something like, Hey, this isn't going to hurt, you know, it's changing his diet. It's doing different therapies that build your immune system. And none of them were viewed as anything that would you know cause me any harm. So my dad said, what the heck, might as well give it a try instead of just sitting here at home. So, uh, I went down there and changed my diet and, uh, did a bunch of holistic treatments like oxygen therapy and a few things that, uh, all just designed at building my immune system and uh, getting my body like really in good shape to fight the cancer. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of what we did there.
1: Yeah, like no sugar, you were telling me, lots of vitamin C, yep. vegetables. How long was you in Mexico for, do you reckon?
6: Yeah, the first day I was there for three weeks. And that's kind of the initial kind of startup to get you going, They change your diet, um, kind of try to change your habits of eating and stuff like that. And then, um, I went home for about six, eight months. And I think I went back for about two weeks and I went there about three or four times total, um, over the next couple of years, just trying to, cause they have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber mm-hmm. there and they have a few things there that I couldn't get here back at home. Um, nowadays you can actually get access to those a lot easier. You can have but, one in uh, your house back-
1: actually, if you want, I think What's that? you can have a hyperbaric if you have money, you can get a hyperbaric, uh, chamber in your house. Oh, I believe
6: yeah, you. I actually believe it or not, I have one now. Oh, okay, there you go. So, yeah, so we, uh, my dad bought one because my dad had a little bout with cancer a couple years ago. He's okay. good now. All right, but um, so they kind of finally bit the bullet and uh, bought one, and they've come down in price over the years, so they're somewhat, you know, yes, somewhat affordable now.
1: So this is all in the, in, in a stretch of from 12 years old to about 16. I want to say,
6: yeah, 12 to 15, 16 was kind of the main. Deal where I was dealing with cancer a lot, going back and forth to Mexico, starting the race a little bit um, at a very local level.
1: Was you was you still in the wheelchair in this time, or was you walking? Uh, and yeah, I was
6: in a wheelchair for the first couple of years, on and off. Um, it really depended on how far I had to walk. So if we had to go anywhere for a long distance, I'd I'd get in a wheelchair. If um, if it was anything short distance, I could kind of hobble around. Um, and actually I had one of those, I first started racing. It was kind of funny. I had one of those halos cause I had to put steel plates in my neck. Oh wow. Um, cause my neck started to collapse about two years in, um, because of just this, the, my muscles were so weak in my neck, my spinal cord started to collapse or my, my neck did and it was pinching my spinal cord. So actually that was a crazy story. I almost paralyzed myself from the neck down, riding a four wheeler and they didn't know my spinal cord was collapsing. Wow. So, um, yeah, so I kind of that was a that was another one a an almost bad <laughs> experience and You got to keep you
1: off bikes, man. You got to keep you off Oh, your, for
6: sure. Yeah. Yeah, no more bikes for me anymore. So <laughs> um, I, I stay off them now. Yeah. Uh but, but you're, uh,
1: you're how old are you now so everybody can know? Like you are what 35? I'm 35 now. Man, yep, 35, 35 now. 35, three beautiful children
6: and living life. Yep. Man, that's yeah. awesome.
1: You are you you are a walking miracle, man pretty much. Oh,
6: absolutely. That's even my doctor. He's like, I don't believe in miracles, but if there ever was one, you're it. <laughs> wow. That's
1: amazing. Um, I remember hearing this story a lot, you know, Paul told me and just, you know, it was, we always heard about it and I really, uh, you know, I wanted you to, to hear it from your mouth as well. And that's, that's so awesome. We actually, I remember myself, um, myself, JQ and, and, uh, David, who does the RCGP, we was out drinking one night and we was trying to, we was telling him about this story and he didn't believe it. And i was like we're telling you it's true like and he just couldn't fathom it and i remember i think many many years ago i saw um oh what was that rally car driver that was diagnosed with a brain tumor uh, He was from finland and i just remember seeing your dad on facebook like somebody i posted it and said hey tell him to get in contact with me i know how to fix it i remember him saying that yeah. on facebook and i was like yep that's true uh because yep. he's been through it so man awesome you, it's it's awesome that that happened because we would have been deprived of uh, uh, one of the greatest 8-scale uh, drivers of all time, I think. So, not just that, yeah, but well, know, a great person that's, uh, as well. So, yeah. congratulations. You know, and I, I, I have to let a curse word go, fuck cancer, because it's a bad bad Exactly.
6: So, oh yeah, absolutely. I hate it. Yeah,
1: but you're here now, and now we're going to talk about your RC, your RC story. So, gr- from Grasshopper's to eight scale cars. How did that happen?
6: Yeah, I started, um, there was a local, It's actually called the horse palace and it was a horse arena that they raced in. And, uh, so I had a grasshopper at first, brought that out there and my dad quickly realized that that's not going to, you know, cut it for racing. So he got me a 10 scale gas truck mm-hmm. and uh, that's where I, I first started racing 10 scale gas trucks. And, and there was only about two or three, a scale cars, That race there, a couple guys. Uh, one guy I I remember being Redbeard was his name.
3: Redbeard, was he a uh, Viking?
6: Yeah, (laughs) it's a big old biker looking guy, but uh, he was super nice. And uh, I just always remembered A Scale was like, holy smokes, these things are another level. And uh, so I I watched A Scale, but 10 Scale Gas Truck was that Mm -hmm. was the class to run at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I started with that, and that was really what got me going and uh, in the racing, and uh, Once I started kind of showing some signs that I was, I was, you know, doing better and better and winning some races. My dad being a personality is he found out about some traveling races. And I remember we went up to Detroit and uh, started racing there. There There's an old track there that kind of, and that kind of what, as soon as we went to the first couple big races, we were hooked. Yeah. And uh, and then we saw a scales and my dad's like, Oh, we got to get one of these. And, uh, so that was,
1: what was your first eight was, scale?
6: Uh, a Mugen, um, I think it was a super athlete. Okay. It was yeah. the first, yeah, it was the first. I remember them, uh, them front arms would flex. You could bend those things all the way. That car wouldn't break cause it just flexed so much.
1: And I believe the gas tank, I believe the engine was on the other side. If that, if, if I'm thinking of the right car, the athlete. Yeah. The I don't,
6: athlete. I don't remember exactly. My dad did most of wrenching at that time. So, uh, I just did the driving. But uh, did
1: you, did you like automatically pick that up? It was obviously a lot easier to drive than gas truck. So it should have been easier.
6: Yeah. I mean, right away that was, I mean, that, that was, I fell in love with the A scale. That was, that was really where it was and uh, still race gas truck. Obviously, you know, back then it was no truggy. It was a scale buggy and gas truck. I mean, those were the two classes of run. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, that's, you know, each race, that's what we showed up with, you know, an A scale super athlete. And then after I think about, uh, I think after Detroit, I think it was Detroit, I got a, um, is it a Detroit or Hemet? One of those two races, I got kind of introduced to uh, Kyosho and uh, and then got my first 50 off deal with Kyosho thanks to, uh, I think Richard Saxton was the first one to kind of ever, ever notice me and kind of got me some help.
1: The King. The King. I need yeah. to get him back on her. He's an awesome guest. Uh, Absolutely. Believe it or not, it's fun to see him and Degani, uh talk smack to each other. No, the old school guys talk smack to each other at these races like there was back in oh, the yeah. So you you yeah, definitely, definitely a
6: lot of smack back then.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you was, <laughs> I think you was a little older than t and those guys. So you was kind of like in the middle between um, Greg and those guys. You, you know, well, you're the same. Yes. Ages. So Greg and then t and those guys are a little younger than you. So it wasn't really too much but I mean, like in in your age group, if I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember back so that far. But you was like yeah. right in the in the fire because that I call that the attitude era of RC. Like it was, yeah. it was racing hard. It was like you had to show up and you had to be on your A game. I mean, you have to still be like that. But man, yeah. I heard the stories from back in the day. What God used to do at those tracks and uh,
6: it's oh yeah, I mean, Hemet used to be so competitive. I just remember, I remember having. You know, had two out of three qualifiers, I'd have like eight points or nine points and be last in the main. Yeah. You know, so you, you, I'd have like, oh yeah, I had two top four finishers, two top five finishes. I'm I'm last in the main. Yeah. You know, it's it was, it was not easy to make those mains. That's for sure.
1: For sure, man. So and coming from the Midwest back then, it was it was difficult too. Like everything was on Cal. Well, everything was in California. There wasn't a Facebook, all that stuff. So I'm sure you yeah. had to make much uh, pilgrimages out to to the West coast and and race up there. That was the way to do it. And still kind of is, but you know, not as much as it was back then. Um, so you're racing for Kyosha, You got a 50 off deal. Didn't uh, I was reading, I was researching and you, you guys went to Uruguay in 2002, but like yes. as a family vacation.
6: Yeah, yeah. That was basically just a wild, my dad, I was, I was doing okay at some local races at like a Hemet race. And yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, California was the only place to go race back then. I mean, that was, you had some somewhat local races that were okay, but if you wanted to be competitive, you had to go out West. And, uh, so I remember, Oh, I got some stories from at Hemet sleeping in Greg's little trailer, me and him <laughs> on a cot together, you know? Oh, we, it was, that was no butts to nuts. I remember oh we just run this little bitty cot. That was pretty funny. Oh. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that was – my dad sent me out there and racing with them guys. And uh, so, yeah, my dad basically heard about the, the Worlds. And in the 2000 Worlds, I wasn't even really racing. So I went from – I just – I mean, I didn't even go to the 2000 Worlds. didn't even know it existed. And so those two years from, like, 2000, 2002 was when I kind of really started getting started. And my dad was just like, you know, when, when your son's getting done with cancer and just getting where he can actually do some stuff – you know, as a dad, my dad told me, he goes, I was ready to do anything you wanted to do. I was down. He goes, I'd mortgage the house. I'd do whatever I had to do. We're, we're having fun. Cause I don't know how long we're going to be here. Wow. And, uh, so yeah, so he heard about that and he's like, let's go. And, uh, and back then the exchange rate was so cheap. I mean, it was just dirt cheap to go. So, um, yeah, so we went kind of as a family vacation just to kind of see how the deal was and see what happened. And, yeah, I had my Kyosho 50 off deal, and uh, I think I raced, I forget what motors I was running, maybe Pico Motors, if I remember right. But, um, yeah, so I was there basically funding our own way, just there to have a good time. And, uh, yeah, the crazy story, I guess, that put me on the map pretty quickly was I somehow got fourth in the world and uh, through a couple mud races. It was mud, and it was uh, some qualifiers in the mud. And I remember, I remember my dad telling me, don't go out there. Don't go out there. Cause we didn't have very many parts and he didn't want me to trash my car. And everybody was trashing their car. And, you know, all the sponsor guys were basically building all new cars and we didn't have the parts or, you know, all the stuff to do that. So I was like, well, I got to, I'm here, so I'm going to run. And I remember him getting mad at me. And then somehow I pull like a top five qualifier in the mud. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and basically that put me in the semis and, uh, yeah, through, through, just some good luck and a few people breaking down and and me just staying consistent. I somehow at the end of the race, I remember, I'll never forget when they called me in fourth position, I just, I had no clue. I was like, Holy smokes. And uh, yeah, somehow held it together to the end.
1: Sweet. And I guess that must've just propelled your career immensely after that too. Uh, well, yeah. So what happened after, after 2002, where did, what direction did you guys go?
6: Yeah, I basically I got back and right when I got back home was when I kind of we kind of realized a lot of people were calling and saying, hey, we want to sponsor you, so we kind of had to decide what to do, and um, and that's when Ofna was really trying to make a big push into the A scale scene, and that was something that they were really trying to break into, and Paul was doing a lot with them, and um, yeah, and so that basically they kind of came back and said, hey. We'll give you a little bit of money, you know, so we'll pay you a little bit of a salary and we'll pay your travel to go all over the world. So to me, I was like, home run. Hey, how old were right. you when
1: this happened? I was 17. Now, i am got to ask how much did they offer you as a salary back in when you were 17? So it,
6: I want to say it was, I want to say it was like 800 or a thousand a month. And then contingency, obviously. Yeah. And then contingency. Yeah, And basically I use that money to kind of, pay all the incidentals and um you know because they kind of pay your way pay your big travel and stuff like that but you obviously have a lot of little expenses Mm -hmm. and uh so I kind of used that to kind of pay my way and at that point I was racing for free so I couldn't be happier
1: now was you you were still in school 17 you're still in school correct yes Uh, what was you was you now like all right this is it I'm going to be a pro racer forever or did you was your mind clicking to other things as well
6: like, yeah, well my dad my dad kind of and I thank him for it. you know I sometimes think it may have not got me to the level of RC car racing I could have got to, but I was I'm, I, I do not regret it in the least. but my dad always made sure that he said, hey this is not gonna you know and my dad's a business owner and my dad started from nothing and uh, started as a janitor and, and built a, a business so he was you know able to help us. and uh, so he basically said, you got to stay in school. So I had many of red eye flights back from racing at Hemet Sunday night. We, we go to the airport at 11 o'clock at night, fly out. I would land at seven in the morning and my parents would drive me straight to school. And the, they said the only way I could keep doing it is if I didn't fall asleep in school and if I kept good grades, they would keep sending me. So it was, uh, yeah. So I had many of red eye flights and they kind of told me you need to keep a backup plan you know, as much as it is, you know, at that time, nobody's getting rich or nobody's, you know, making a a great income, you know, you're making enough to kind of support it, but the the habit, but you know, it's tough to make a a living. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if the top few guys, I think we're getting to a point where they could, um, but really it's just like it is now you got to win races to really make any, any decent amount of money. I mean, you can make an okay salary, but in order to, in order to kind of put some money in the bank and actually make a decent living you you got to win races yep. and so and that was that was kind of the so they kind of made me balance that which I'm very very thankful they did because obviously now it served me well mm-hmm. and um, I'm, I'm thankful for that.
1: So did you go to like college or university after high school as well?
6: Yes I went to university um, got a business management and marketing degree and uh, same thing I mean my parents said you're only racing to the extent you keep your grades up and stay in school, and uh, and they never forced me to go to college. That was some college in my family was optional. Um, my brother didn't go; he was more of a hands-on kind of mm-hmm. person. He, he, college wasn't his thing. Um, I kind of decided I did want to go and uh, try my hand at marketing and some business stuff, and uh, which I learned a lot. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy I went, and uh, I didn't do. And that's that's a big reason why. I didn't practice, I think as much as a lot of guys, I didn't, I didn't have the chance to live at the track. Um, I tried to practice as much as I could, but it was always trying to find, you know, keep it a hobby as well as kind of stay in mm-hmm. school. And, uh, and, and, obviously it was a little more than just a, you know, typical hobby, but, um, yeah. So we kind of tried to balance that.
1: Yeah. Um, your time at <clears throat> you guys, I, I remember. Often, I had a really big team at once. Um, they had Cavalary, they had you guys, yeah. you and your brother. Um, they had Kinwald as well. Yep. Yeah, uh, and they were like electric guys trying to break into uh, eight scale. But you guys were the main guys, and I just re- I just recall the. Re- I remember seeing you guys because you was younger. You you about, about what seven years younger than me, so you guys were all a, lot, a little bit younger than me. I just remember like the love that you guys had for Paul, and he's just like, like oh, your yeah. yeah, big brother to you guys. And um, I was just like, wow, this is so awesome. Like I liked being a part of that and seeing that happen. And he, uh, he spoke yeah. super, he spoke really highly of you guys. Like I could hear it in his voice, thinking about those when we was chatting. Like I could heard him, like him reminiscing about those times with you guys and and
6: yeah. all that type
1: of stuff. So that's really cool, man. Paul's awesome. Yeah, man.
6: Paul's awesome. Those are some honestly. I. I Those are some of the best days of my life as far as racing with Paul. I remember going to – I was young, and my parents – and even when my dad – my dad went to most all races, but he was the one that really – my parents trusted him. They would send me, you know, anywhere around the world. I remember going to Sweden, just me and Paul. And, uh, I mean, yeah, Paul was – I can't speak highly enough of Paul. He was – and I'll tell you what, my brother told me to mention, that guy is the fastest wrencher on the face of the planet. Nobody wrenching. can wrench as good and as fast as Paul can, and, and uh, this is before yeah. Makita
1: days too. We didn't have a cordless drills back then.
6: No, nope, he, he was that, the cordless drill. He had
1: that little, that, that little Offner kit. Um, it was like, yep. a, like a little. You put it in your palm and. It and just, he would go yep. to work on that thing, man. And I'll be like, I'm going to sleep. See you later.
6: Yeah. It's too late. Oh yeah. Well, he would be, we'd be wanting to change a chassis or something. And he'd be like, it'd be like in between qualifiers or something. Or we'd have like, we'd be testing. And I'd just be like, eh, ah, you know, we'll go home and change that. You know, he'd be like, no, we're doing it right now. And, uh, he would literally just grab that car. And like, I mean, by the time I go get a burger and come back, he'd be like, here's your car. And, uh, I mean that guy, oh yeah, he was. Yeah, he was unbelievable. So I had some, I got some memories with Paul and just going to different places. I remember him and Steve Dunn getting a little scuffle that was hilarious. Oh yeah, Didn't he uh, we, him know, on the had some, or something. Oh, there was him. some funny times. Yeah,
1: Paul was man. Paul's Paul a big dude, man. Strong man.
6: Oh, man. he's an athlete, man. I, I remember know. my brother was playing basketball in high school, and my brother could jump pretty good. You know, he, he was he could dunk, and he was he was. He, he had some hops to him, and I remember Paul messing with him. And Paul just—I mean, he could leap out of the gym. I mean, Paul—you wouldn't think looking at him—and he—he he could two-hand dunk it standing underneath the basketball wow. hoop, just straight up jump up and two. I mean, that guy was an athlete to another level I'd never seen before. I know, but and a, and an overall good guy. Oh, him yeah. and his wife and everybody—he was man. He was. He's stand-up
1: guy. Yes, good guy. <clears throat> he's actually I miss him. He's uh going he's he's getting back in a bit. He's going to be helping out uh Chris Ego with fifth scale development. So I know he likes that and I'm happy that he's that's going awesome. to be doing that. So that's good. That's
6: great. Very cool.
1: Yeah, but speaking of your brother, he wasn't he wasn't no slouch either behind the behind the control. He was quieter than yeah. you though. You I think you got more of the attention and it seemed like and he was just real quiet and um I, I got to see him on two occasions. There was Silver State. When I met with Paul, we was pitting with uh Yeah. Oh, with Smoker and all those guys Like the jamming team yep. in two thousand and five. The first time at Boulder City. You was there. He was there. Um he he was still he was talented too, man. I just think Yeah. Um I think you got more spotlight than him at some time. But I remember just the Wheeler brothers going and he would yeah, he's he, he can wheel too. What's he what was like All right, let's be realistic. Who was faster? You or him?
6: Well, I mean, I honestly think he had more raw talent sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think his, and he'll tell you this also, his emotions sometimes got the best of him. So even though he was quiet, he'd get frustrated sometimes. And we used to always joke he'd crash one time, he'd crash three times because he'd just get frustrated (laughs) and then just – he wadded wadded it up in threes. Wow. So that was – but I think raw talent-wise, I'd say – Every bit as much. Um, He just, he never really, he didn't quite put the time into it. I think I did. Mm
3: -hmm.
6: And, uh, but now, I mean, he races real drag cars now, and he's one of the top guys in the Midwest. I mean, he's a, he's a wrencher. My brother's an unbelievable wrencher. I mean, Mm -hmm. he can build motors from scratch and tune them. And he's far as far as real race cars go. And uh, so he's, he's kind of found his deal now, his niche now. That's awesome, And he's really excelling at that. But, um, yeah, I mean, he was, he was awesome. He was fun to race with my brother. You can't get a nicer guy. And, uh, but yeah, he's definitely the, I think maybe I just talk so much. It maybe makes him seem quiet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I remember uh, he also got into MMA for a little bit too. Uh, Paul was yeah. telling
6: me. So yeah, yeah he's, he's done <laughs> just about everything. So he's, he's tried a lot out a lot. That's
1: good, man. That's good. In case you guys know, that's Justin Wheeler. Uh, Josh's brother, uh, he can reel too. Don't get it twisted. So <laughs> you're you're working for Ofna pretty much. You're traveling around the world. Uh, what happened? Was you you finished school? Uh, I know I'm kind of. Was you ever actually uh, a fully paid pro at some time? Like that's that's all you was doing. You wasn't in school. You wasn't doing anything else. Or did you mm-hmm. always have like a, a job at the same time while you was traveling?
6: Yeah, I always had a job. I was fortunate. My dad owns an industrial flooring company. Mm-hmm. So he was, I was never going to get out of the family business. Okay. So if I, if I had a day, there was, my dad leaves every morning at five 30 in the morning. And if I didn't have somewhere to go, he would tell me we're going working today. And then after work, we'll go to the track. Okay. So that was always, important. that was always his, he, he taught me a very hard work ethic mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and I'm thankful for that. Yes. And um, so, yeah, he, I always had a job. I mean, even in college, I was the one to go to school five days a week, and then Saturday, Sunday, he'd be like, "If we're not racing, you're coming to work with me." Wow. You know, so it was. It was. He was. I was very blessed um, to have a dad who, you know, who made good money, and uh, he came from very poor, and kind of. So he's always very appreciative, and very, you know, taught me the value of a dollar. As far as you know, it's it's not hard. It's not easy to make. He goes, mm-hmm. so you gotta easy to spend you yeah, easy to spend, he goes, and, and he taught me, basically, he would always show me, you see how much money this is costing me? And he goes, you got to work to pay for it. So, that's, I always had a job, and, um, so working for him, and, uh, yeah, so that was always, I was fortunate to have that.
1: Okay. How long did you stay with Ofna? Did you stay until they, pretty much, uh, because, you know, Paul left and oof, I want to say, um... I think he left just before the eight point five came out, I wanna say. Or he yeah. came out and he went to Axial Robotronics. When did you yep. did you guys leave before that or, or what happened there? I, I can't really remember.
6: I think I left maybe right about the same time. Okay. I think maybe a hair before. I think it was all kind of in the same, you know, maybe six month year time mm-hmm. frame. Kind of it kind of we all left and then uh, and that's when I kinda did the same thing at Offna I did for X ray, I mean at X ray. They were beginning to get their A-Scale program started. I knew their their uh, on-road stuff was super good quality. Um, so I basically decided, you know what, let's, let's jump on board there. And, uh, and they were willing to. Some of the big companies were, they kind of gear up and gear down for worlds. They kind of had some turnover. So I kind of, I would always kind of stick with the team who I thought kind of really had my back as far as sticking with me where if I had a bad year racing, I I wasn't worried about me losing my sponsorship. So I kind of, and I needed a place also that was a little more relaxed as far as sending in so many race reports, Mm -hmm. sending in, you know, how many hours a week I'm practicing or whatever. So x-ray was, was really good to me. Um, RC America, you know, who, who basically I, I dealt with mostly, um, yeah, I mean, that was RC
1: America back in that day. What's that? Who was leading the charge for RC America?
6: That was Ralph Birch. Right. That's who it was. Right. right yep. Right. Ralph Birch was kind of the the face behind them. Um, that, um, yeah, he was a big on road guy. And so he, he kind of really helped out and, uh, yeah, he was the one I initially dealt with and through most all the years, except for the last few years, that's, that's who I dealt with.
1: Yeah. You, you guys were at one point the, like, there weren't many x-ray there weren't no other top x-ray drivers. It was just you and your brother and you pretty much yeah. for the longest while. So who was, uh, who was working with x-ray? Who was some of the people that you got to like, who was somebody that you really looked up to in that association that helped you out a lot?
6: Yeah, I would say, um, I mean, I really enjoyed Uri Uriah, mm-hmm. Uriah Um He's a guy that a lot of people, I think just because of language barrier, don't get to know very well, but he's got a big heart and he's, he's man. Talk about a guy who's passionate about racing. Um, I'd say your eye is awesome. And then Martin, um, Bayer is another guy that has raced for Hootie for many years. He actually lives in Slovakia. He, he was one that really, I hit it off real well at the races and got along real, real well with. Um, so those are, those are the kind of guys I, I, you know, had the most fun with and, uh, and then later in the years, um, I think a lot of people know him. Kurt Kellum, race mm-hmm. for uh, X Ray. Yeah, so Just he's me and him, him kind of hit it off. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's a good guy, and he kind of he kind of helped me finish out my I'd say kind of finish out the last several years of my career, keeping me really interested. He's a he's a diehard racer, and uh, he, he's like me. He'll be the last one there at the track wanting to wrench. He's not the guy that want to quit. And, and that's what you need. You need somebody who's really, I was into it. I wanted to be there, but when you have somebody like Paul Coleman was early in my career, you know, for a long, long time. And then, and then just different people you kind of gravitate to that kind of really help you when you're frustrated after a race, you need somebody there with you. Come on, let's, let's keep wrenching on this thing. Let's get it right. And uh, so, yeah, that that was, Kurt was one that, you know, helped me out a lot. He's still in in it hard
1: too, man. He did a, he did good at DNC this year. I think he won nitro yeah. buggy. Yeah, he did. He won nitro forty plus nitro buggy. I want to say.
6: Yeah, and I got yeah. To, no, he's, he does really well.
1: Yeah, and I got to meet him at uh for the first time at RCGP. Good dude. Good dude. Absolutely, good dude. Um, race results. Uh, you you've traveled to quite a few worlds. What was when was the last world you went to?
6: The last one was um where was that at it's in uh, Italy?
1: Okay, 2014.
6: So, yeah, so that was one of the ones that I struggled there probably more than a lot of places. That was one I just, I struggled with, with the hard surface. I, I didn't do as much testing. I was kind of at the end of my career where I was I was in it, but I was getting pulled a lot of different ways. And um, so I didn't quite do the testing and stuff that I needed to do and wasn't as ready as I should have been. Um, and then that surface really it just it was tough for me. Yeah. So that was I've I've always if there's one place I struggle it's high bite. I'm yeah. better on a loose, blown yeah. out, old, old school, school track. style track. Give me the biggest ruts where you got to pick a line. That's why I think I did good at Silver State many right. times. Um, yeah. So that was something that uh, I struggled with was high bite, and that was definitely it. What was your best finish at a Worlds? Believe it or not, it was the first one I ever went to fourth. Really? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I had the one in Charlotte, I think in 08 was the most disappointing one. Mm -hmm. Um, that was one that I was leading the semi was just, I mean, in my opinion, that was the, one of the best races I had in my career as far as speed goes. My car was phenomenal. Um, X-Ray had a really good car that year. And, uh, and I, I had my tires, I had bad glue. I know a lot of people say bad glue, but I went and tested it. And, uh, yeah, it was – the glue it was, was bad. just – it was bad. Somehow I must have got either older glue or it's – and since then we've kind of learned to keep it refrigerated and some tricks to kind of keep glue from going bad. But, yeah, it's um, – I lost my tires, and I changed out three out of the four tires before I dropped out of the bump-up position or to the main – and that was one that I really bummed me out cuz I think I had the speed to uh I mean I ran away in that semi before my tires came loose. I was just on that one I was on a different level. That was one of those few races that you come into where you just really feel like you got something special. Yeah. And so that that was that was a bummer. That was one that that one hurt. Yeah.
1: So I want to rank your world. So you, the Italy was probably your least favorite. I want to say because yeah. of the 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 actual surface. So which was your favorite? Was it Charlotte?
6: Charlotte was just because I really was on pace and I didn't struggle there. Um, a lot of worlds are getting used to the surface. Um, I'd say the, uh, the one in Bangkok was fun. Mm-hmm. I didn't, that that one was a lot of fun. I, I enjoyed that race more than more than a lot of them. So riding mopeds everywhere and yeah. stuff like that. That was that was a that was a fun one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say yeah, in Uruguay, obviously the first one was a lot of fun. Yeah, I can um, imagine. Yeah, me and Tebow, we got a, we got the rental car stuck in the mud, me and Tebow, my brother, <laughs> you know, like two miles from the track in the middle of the night. And uh you got to hear Greg's yeah.
1: stories about stealing tires and all this type of stuff. Secret pro oh. line tires that he stole out of Pavides' van. And oh my gosh. Oh, Greg's got thing. some stories. Oh, I like, know. He doesn't forget anything. Uh, no. <laughs> um. Yeah. So how about like in the, in America, like other big races, like the, the, what was some of your more memorable finishes there? Like at the Nationals or the Dirt or, or Silver State?
6: Yeah. I'd say, um, Silver State was always fun mm-hmm. I liked it I think mostly because it was blown out and loose And that was kind of my style So um, Yeah I won a big electric race there When all the I remember uh, I beat Tebow and uh, Tesman And won that I think back in 2012 maybe mm-hmm. um, And uh, that was a good race That was fun It was so blown out That was I was out at Boulder City Oh that track uh, well, was I, I liked that track
1: It got Remember that straight away they had the fresh air It was all sand yeah, change every lap yep. you went on it.
6: Every lap, That's so crazy. that was that was fun. And um, someone told me a while back, and I'd have to check this out. And, and if it's if it's not true, it's probably pretty close to true. I think I've finished every position. This is kind of sad, but kind of funny. Um, kind of cool too. Um, I've finished every position in a nationals in a, an Aurora nationals, second through twelfth. I've finished every <laughs> position except for first. Wow. And, was the uh, and the place one, one I was with, I've been winning a couple of them. The one I was winning at my home track at dirt burners, mm-hmm. I was winning and probably two third. I-, I worked my way all the way up to the lead. So I was fast. It wasn't like I, you know, took it from the beginning and, and I-, I had to work my way up to it. And a corner marshal jumped out and stepped on the front of my car on the straightaway. Oh no. So, yeah. So I've had some bad luck winning some big races and, uh, yeah, so I'd say that's that would, that's my Achilles' heel is I, I've won a few races, but I've got a lot of second and thirds, especially at some nationals, especially some truggy nationals. I've got a few second and thirds there, but um, yeah, I, I, someone told me I, I finished second through twelfth every position except for first. <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> over man. the over the seventeen eighteen years <clears throat> I raced.
1: How was you able to be so competitive? but not practice like you didn't practice as much. How was you able to do that? What was your approach when you would go to a track like, and like, how was you able to adapt so fast?
6: Yeah. I think um, a couple things is not second guessing your setup too much. I did that a lot, but I really tried not to Um, just, I mean, I kind of went to, I rode the horse that got me there a lot, you know, so I, I didn't try to change. And the times I did change, I really kicked myself. Um, like the Sweden Worlds, me and Paul did a bunch of testing there. I had that car dialed. I was ready to go. And then it came out with a new car before the race and I switched to a new car and never should have. Um, Which so car, things like that really, with? was it the eight? No, it wasn't the eight. Was it? I think it was an eight just came out. I okay. think they won. yeah, I think we switched to that and then that was really the end of it. But, um, that car just wasn't as good. Um, So that one, a few mistakes like that in my career really taught me to kind of ride the horse that got you there. Um, Another thing is I always tried to practice right before the race. So I didn't do a lot of practicing, you know, for weeks on end and a lot of testing and things like that. But I did, I always made sure, okay, I got a race coming up this weekend. I got to leave on Wednesday. I need to get to the track the weekend before and just put some laps in. So I tried to, you know, at certain times I didn't do that. I think you know, thank God I was a little bit just gifted at at driving and and not over driving. So that was something that trying not to crash, just trying to race the best I could race and not worry about what the other guys are doing.
1: Yeah, so Silver State was a vacation too. I take it you just like I'm going to go Silver State and race cars while I'm there.
6: Yeah, my dad loves going to Vegas, mm-hmm. and he's not a gambler. Like he doesn't gamble at all here mm-hmm. at home or anything, but he just likes the craps table in Vegas. So and I mean he's a, he's a I mean he's only going with a couple hundred dollars and uh, but yeah he he loves Vegas and I mean Vegas would have been going this year we would have been there Um, so awesome. yeah that's just my dad loves it and I can't say no to him
1: no you can't say no to dad it's time for him to enjoy life you know it's like I want to go to Vegas and so you're coming good
6: stuff yeah he's yep who was your
1: biggest rival back then man who did you like when you showed up to that track who was that guy you knew who was gonna just you just had to really, you know, it's going to be hard to beat him no matter what.
6: Yeah. That, I wouldn't say I had any guys that were rivals. And I was pretty friendly.
1: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, what, you know, but I did rivals, have guys
1: racing rivals, like on the track. That yeah, one guy racing, you wanted to beat
6: all the time. Tebow always, Tebow was always, <laughs> all growing up, was the guy to beat. So anytime yeah. I, I had the chance to kind of beat him or hang with him, or that was always, I'd consider it an honor. I'd be like, hey, you know what? I was hanging with Tebow. I was I was doing them. And I'll never forget one race out at uh, um, Hillbillies Track in Kansas City. It's actually um, – there was a 10-scale gas race. And my last 10-scale gas race of all time, me and Tebow battled it out for like 45 minutes. And that was gas truck, 45 minutes. And we were – oh, I forget exactly, but seconds, a few seconds apart, the entire race. We we're a few seconds apart the entire race. And um, it was just one of those battles where I was barely ahead of them, barely ahead of them. And I pulled it off and won. And that was one, one of the tough, one of the, my most proud moments just because Tebow was such an icon in gas truck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and believe it or not, I literally took that truck home and said, uh, cause I was thinking about it, it was the end of gas truck kind of at the end of that time frame, anyways, where Truggy was starting to come about and uh, I, I just hung it up after that race. I'm like, hey, I beat t and Gas Truck <laughs> and probably the once and only time. So I'm done. <laughs> it's hanging up on a high note.
1: Yeah. What? what That's, yeah, because he was the guy, man. It was Saxton and him. That's, and Absolutely. then obviously Drake. Yeah. So, uh, what did you think of Truggy when that came around?
6: Did you like it? I always did. I didn't mind it. I mean, at first, you kind of always <laughs> wonder: is it going to stick around? Is it going to be something that, you know, Sticks around, and I think uh, Jay Smoker is the infamous uh, <laughs> claim to uh, started Truggy. So oh, yeah. I, I'd, I'd assume he's right. You know, he's one of the first ones out there trying to make that happen. And he bet uh, you know that
1: every time you tell him, every time you see him,
6: I am at a Truggy. Yep. Ridiculous. Ex- exactly. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Truggy. I uh, I was always, I think, pretty good at driving Truggy. It was something that it was a class where when you have a little bit less amount of practice, it's actually good for you um, because, you know, the, the setup's habits. not quite as precise. Um, it's a little more forgiving in some ways. So, for me, it, it was good for me. Mm-hmm.
1: I always tell people, man, I, I have, you know, when I see people come at me with, you know, race results or looking to looking for sponsorship, they're like, man, I was in the A-man and Truggy. I said, well, where was your nitro buggy? Oh, I in the C-man. I said, well, you need to practice more of your buggy
6: and less of yep. your
1: Truggy because that. And I think e-buggy is there too. Uh, brings a lot of bad habits, man. Nitro buggy. It is, does. If you can be fast with nitro buggy and two-wheel drive yep. buggy, <clears throat> then you can be fast with anything. I think so. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Uh,
1: yeah, good stuff. Truggy, truggy, truggy. All right, moving on a little bit further. When did you <clears throat> kind of decide? All right, uh, it's time to not retire, but scale back. Not hit as many races. And uh, proceed with with real life, like what you've been doing. Well, you was always doing it, but you know what I mean. Less focus on RC, yeah. more focus on real life.
6: Yeah, it's slow. I slowly just started getting pulled away, really, with just when I had kids. So um, when I had Jake, my oldest, he was <clears throat> first couple years, I was still still racing pretty heavily, and um, but yeah, just as my interest kind of. You and know, when you do something, travel the world for seventeen, eighteen years. And, you know, you put a lot into it and it's every weekend is, is thinking about racing, going to the track. Um, and my wife was totally cool with it. She, she met me racing and, you know, when I was racing and so she never, she never put a stop to anything, but, um, it was just more or less my priorities just got changed. I had business stuff going on. I had some opportunities that, uh, you know, I kind of realized, okay, you know, I'm not going to get rich racing RC cars and not that I really cared to get rich, but you know, you know, wanted to be able to do a few more things with my kids and be able to afford to buy some, you know, race with them and do some things. So, And with the family business, it's it's kind of like my dad's getting older and uh, I need to kind of step up and, and do more at the business um, to kind of carry the tradition on here. And uh, so that was kind of slowly – it just was a slow, slow transition. And uh, And then at the end, I just felt like, you know, when you're getting paid – to do something, I want to, I want to know that I'm giving them my all. Mm -hmm. So when it finally got to the point where, where my brain was, you know, when you're kind of looking forward to coming home on Monday, you know, it was kind of, my timing was like, you know what, time to take a break. You know, when I was leaving for a race, I was like, man, I'd rather, I'd rather be at home doing something with my son this weekend, or maybe not necessarily not, not like racing, but just doing something with him.
3: Mm -hmm.
6: So that was kind of where things Kind of changed a little bit, and uh, I figure, you know what? Let's just let's take a break for a while and uh, see what he wants to do, and uh, maybe pick it up later on.
1: Is he like? Is he racing now? You did? I think you did mention that, or is he going yeah. to race?
6: Yeah, he's racing. Uh, we're doing. We're actually getting ready to start up in about a few weeks. Here, we're doing here in Missouri. It's cold. It gets cold in the winter, and you got nothing to do. So we. Um, he's been racing motocross during the summer months and uh getting better and better at that and uh we race at a local indoor track he's got a two-wheel drive buggy and uh so we've been yeah racing there and he loves it so he's just like me he's he wants to race everything so
1: what do you want him to race do you would you would you would you want your son to race rc cars for a living
6: i mean i wouldn't say i'd say it's very difficult Mm -hmm. to race for a living Um, I mean, there's, it's just like any form of racing. I mean, motocross is the same way, so it's not anything in particular. Um, I mean, some sports have more guys getting paid big money. Um, but until you really have the, the spectator viewership, I really think it's difficult to get that big money behind it Mm -hmm. that it takes. Mm -hmm. Um, so for a few people I think can make a good living and there's some that have, um, but it is difficult. I mean, motocross is the same way you get, you get 95% of the pros making just enough to pay the bills to make it to the races. And you get a few guys, you know, making some good money. So, I mean, I would say he can do whatever he wants. I mean, if he wants to do motocross, we we even did cart racing for a little bit. Um, He likes motocross more than cart racing. So that's why we're racing motocross. But um, yeah, I mean, so it's, I'll let him do whatever. I'm not going to push him one way. He can play a sport. He can race. Obviously I like racing. But, um, yeah, I try to, I try to let him do what he wants, but he's gravitates towards racing and, uh, we'll Well, see. I mean, if he gets, well, I'll I'll probably do the same as my dad. We'll we'll go all in, but at the same time, keep your grades up as well. mm Got to have a backup plan
1: for sure, man. It's, I always ask, uh, racers who have raced professionally and have children, would they, would they let their, I mean, if somebody asked me, I'm not a professional racer, but Somebody asked me, would I let my son do it? I don't know. I don't know. Um I would rather him play baseball or something like that, you know. Yeah. Or do what yeah. he wants, but at the end of the day, I'll I will I will do what I, I will push my son to whatever he wants. He could be a professional yeah. PlayStation a gamer. I'm I'm down for that. But um it's yeah. interesting what we want for our children and just from experiences, I guess. So But you also yeah. want them to I experience just... what you experience too. It's weird.
6: Oh yeah, I, I mean I think every time, anytime you're a pro in something or you do something, you see the negatives of it. Um, And so, but I think sometimes we lose track of how many positives we get out of as well. I mean, I think, I think my, my point of it is is I just want my son the same as I think my dad wanted me is just to be passionate about anything that you do. And I think that's something that, that, you know, you got to learn to be passionate about something and, uh, so as long as I, I know he's putting his all into something, he's willing to fight through the highs and the lows mm-hmm. and, and really willing to put the work in, you know, as long as I see him doing that in some Avenue, whether it be baseball, football, you know, dirt bike racing, RC cars. I think that's, that's the lesson I want him to learn is, is be passionate, give it your all, you know, don't just settle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if you're going to do something, do it to the best of your ability. Yes. So I think that's just something that and so any area that he wants to do, as long as he does it, you know, to the best he can, um, I'm I'm good with that.
1: Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Jake, I don't know, man. I think your dad wants you to run, run motocross. But that's <laughs>
6: um <laughs> Yeah, it's I enjoy it. It's fun. It's fun going to the track. It's I a can, good family atmosphere. Motocross is just
1: dangerous, man. My, my wife's like, he can do anything he wants, but he won't be getting on a bike.
6: Yeah. Like, oh, it is. I mean, he got a minor concussion the other week, so he went over to bars. So, okay. he uh, yeah, he, he's doing good now. though. All
1: right. Cool, man. Um, future of RC. You, I don't. Yeah. Do you keep up with it at all? Do you follow it um, at all? Now that you're not kind of into it, oh, uh, not really into it as much. But you see what's going on in the industry or, or anything. I, I guess I kind of want to get your thoughts on what's going on in the RC racing scene at the moment.
6: Yeah. I mean, I think I follow it. I mean, I wouldn't say as close as I in the last few years as I did in the past, obviously. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I mean, I I get it. I'm still friends with everybody on Facebook. Obviously, you see everything on there. And, um, yeah, I mean, so I'm getting an idea of of what's going on. And I think there's different transitions to every sport. And there's kind of times they progress and then times they kind of go backwards maybe a little bit. Do you think we're still uh, in the
1: same position that we were like you were when you was racing? somewhat
6: what what's that I just uh, think
1: we're still kind of like treading water in the same spot
6: yeah I think, think so. we're at a I think we're at a it's a tough sport mm-hmm. in the fact that we don't quite have the spectators mm-hmm. that other sports have I mean if you think about it motocross I mean to me is treaded water in a lot of ways I mean mm-hmm. it's like there's not anything major that's progressed in motocross as far as you know being on tv it's still still on Sundays, you know, you get to, you get the races. I mean, it's just, so, I mean, I think it's, it's something that as much as we want it to happen
3: mm-hmm.
6: and we want it to progress to a mainstream sport, stream sport, I think it's and things like the podcast and things like social media and all these things definitely, I think help and to get people more interested in it. But I think it is still very difficult because I mean, let's just be honest. It's very difficult for a spectator to follow what's going on. I think there is issues with how long the races are. So I think it's very difficult for someone to come to a race. And like, for example, I can't tell my wife, you know, if you're racing a weekend, when's your main going to be on Sunday? You know, Mm -hmm. you you can't give her an answer to that. You know, it's like, well, show up sometime around noon and it may be sometime between noon and eight o'clock tonight. So it's, it's, I think some things like that where, where it's difficult, but, but I mean, is there an answer to it? I don't know. I mean, everything's got its pros and cons where you try to, you know, shorten a a race, you know, down to a few hour, like a motocross type deal is um, where you qualify to get in and then, and then that's got its drawbacks. So, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of things have been tried. Mm-hmm. I think if there was an easy answer to it, I think you'd have definitely people have tried it by now. Because you get a lot of people have tried so many different race programs. From I remember the Manufacturers Cup years ago, um, where they gave away the four wheeler and the dirt bike, and I think Mike True still got my dirt bike that he passed me on the last lap for. <laughs> that was um, a great race,
1: though. Great race.
6: That was a fun race. That, I I still got the front number plate. <clears throat> from that they gave second place a front number plate from that dirt bike really and uh yeah so i got a number plate in my basement right now front front number plate of a honda that just reminds me of trury beat me (laughs) on the last lap for that dirt bike true, man. another talented
1: talented driver man super talented yeah
6: oh yeah absolutely
1: i had rick mccrary uh yep he was on the podcast last year and we talked about that so fondly i remember that race man so many spectators just watching it on live, or I was us like this is what we need to do. But it yes. costs so much money to do that. And it's hard. People don't want to lose money, so
6: yeah, it is. It's it's very difficult.
1: Um, you attended Silver State last year, as we said. Did you did you like it? Did you did you anything? Did you see anything different or anything that stood out to you there? Like you had, probably hadn't been to a big race in a while. Did you notice anything different?
6: Like, like no. I mean, I think it was very. I mean, it was -hmm. was pretty similar to what it's always been. Right. I mean, just like, I mean, go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, I did like the idea of a practice track for especially someone like me who, when I realized I showed up with a, I I brought a Mugen car last year just because I felt like trying a Mugen car. Right. And um, yeah, and I I brought a car that was almost new. And so I, I quickly realized, oh, this isn't like the x-ray that it needs some break in time. And, uh, so I was over there putting as many laps as I could. Um, so yeah, so stuff like that, it's really been, um, do, that was helpful.
1: Do you think, do you think if you put some time into it, you could, you could get back up to pace and maybe you put it in one of these means again?
6: I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel as good as I ever have. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think nowadays there's so much testing that goes on in, into the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was back then too, but the more people you get trying, the more, you know, time people are putting into it. Obviously they figure little tricks, little things to make your car that much better. So I do feel like that's something that um yeah, I mean is, I think is you could too man. I think I think I could. I think
1: you could too. I think if you just practiced like for a month or so and took it like yeah. a little bit serious, I think you would yeah. make one of these means, no problem. I think you would make top yeah. five one of these problems, man.
6: Yeah. I think to be honest, I've actually contemplated because my son's eight now. And, you know, when they're eight, you know, you have to tell him, Jake, I was fast. I promise you, like this weekend on a dirt bike, I was teaching him we had a little rut track in my backyard and he was hitting these ruts. And he's like, oh, you can't go any faster. So I said, let me see that thing. And I got an electric mountain bike kind of a surround. It's called like a dirt bike slash it's like got pegs and stuff. And so I went and whipped that thing out and laid it in that corner and just ripped around and he just, his eyes opened up. He's like, okay, you really do know what you're doing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do so I'm feel like, that, see, I'm, I'm, do you feel
1: that motocross that? experience helped you out in your, in your RC experience too?
6: Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Absolutely. So, and that and that's another reason why I want my kid racing at least motocross for a little bit mm-hmm. is it taught me so much, even from driving a car to doing? I did a little dirt oval racing in a car. I mean, that was, tried it that a couple times and uh I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's um it I helps. What out you got it, you definitely. got it. Like
1: you know what I mean? I think if you yeah. can if you if you can I think if you know how to race and you could do it like motocross and stuff like that, then RC is just a, a really easy not for everybody. I mean, but look at like look at Joe Bournehorse, Tebow is another yeah. example. Um just a, a natural Absolutely. transition. If you could bring one thing back from back in the day to RC, nah, what would it be?
6: Man, I would say that's a tough one. I'd I, I one one track I'd bring back is the old Hemet days.
1: Yeah, I was fortunate those enough. are some of the
6: best. Hemet Hemet was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of fun. I'd say. I mean, I don't know. It, it's tough to say that it's. There was a lot of like, it was kind of like trash talking and a lot of fun. A lot of the. You know crap people get like you call it the attitude Era mm-hmm. I mean It was I mean I don't know if we want to say Less politically correct right. or whatever But what it was mean. it was I mean there was less it vanilla.
1: Was fun The I think Everything's too PC and vanilla, vanilla, vanilla now like guys wanted to be You had to win Like you you had to be yeah. or you was Might not be like if you didn't make the main. I remember I remember Greg saying this all the time if you didn't make a main At a top race you would get Demoted to like the B team at Kyosho
6: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah. Um, so that's definitely a, a big difference. Yeah.
1: And, and things like that. And we're too PC. I, like, I keep saying, I want this, I want this RC racer that's going to come. He's going to be talking smack, go up there, whether he wins or loses, still going to talk smack and just yeah. bring some character to our, our industry. Um, Just bring some, yeah. you know, like somebody like that, like a Kyle Busch. Yes. People don't like him, but He's good and he's gonna say what he wants to yeah. say. Well, seven deuce deuce who may not be the best r-
6: racer, but he's a yeah. he's
1: a personality and people like him, you know? Yeah.
6: yeah. So And the cool thing was back then it was like you had a lot of these guys talk a lot of trash on the driver's stand. But I'll tell you what, when they got off the driver's stand, it was it was all like that night we were all going out having drinks together. They were all having fun. Mm-hmm. At the Worlds, it was an area it was a time where And I still think the worlds do bring a lot of people together. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it was, but yeah, it was, it was pretty cool that it was, it was that really a lot of trash talking, but at the same time, you knew everybody was friends. Right. And so it was that, it was that you didn't get your feelings hurt. And, uh, and and there was a line. I mean, there was a lot of trash talk, but it wasn't attacking somebody's personal character. It wasn't trying to, you know, it, it was, it was trash talk, but it was, it never once did you feel you still felt like I mean me and Quartz we've had so many altercations on the driver's stand giving each other trash talk Wheeler you did this or me and Degani and all of us it's like it's been I mean from Degani and Mayfield they've had oh man it, there's so many different conflicts but then they're still joking around having a good time yeah and so I feel like that the ability to have to be able to do that is is crucial mm-hmm. um, so but nobody ever crossed the line you know it was. Think, you, you knew you still had to be friends with them that night
1: yeah it's um it's different now man i think i think back in the day it was a lot more fun and people like you said they had a real job and they were doing it and they they probably didn't get into this thinking they were going to do this for a living as well but it seems like to me like nowadays everybody as soon as they they pick up a control and have a good race or a couple of good races. They think like, yeah, I'm going to be the next big thing. And I, it's just not like that. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a lot of yeah. work. It's a, it's a lot of hard work. And, and everybody's trying like, just like, man, I just see it. Like I'm sure they're having fun and stuff, but man, it just, it yeah. ain't cutting up. Like it's like it was back in the day. I mean, even like with us and Paul, like we had the same thing. Like we would go out there. Like we would just be at the practice track and be like me, Paul, Kimon, uh, yeah, I'll never forget in Vegas, and we just be like whoever whoever flipped over first lost, and so we were just be like Kiman and I be running, and then Paul would flip over like ah, Bermuda one, USA zero, yep. and we just did that, and it was so funny. We was talking about that the other day, and he remembered it, and it was just lots of great memories, man. And yeah, yeah, we need. To, I think we need to kind of get back to that. Like everybody's so serious, like, and yeah, this isn't your job, man. And and a lot of people don't understand when it becomes your job. It's it's not it's not all. It's not all working in the candy shop either, so no, I don't know, no.
6: man. Um, yeah, I'll probably catch a lot of flack for a lot of people, but I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's, I'm with you there. A lot of people need to realize man. it is a hobby. It is something that you need to, for the vast majority of people, that's not going to be your living.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: And and it is something where when there's, these companies only have so much money. I mean, when they hire somebody, how many kits and how many parts you're really only getting paid for the dollars you can bring into them. Yep. At the end of the day, it's not a charity. I mean, it's it's you have to make sense for a company to sponsor you that they're you're going to actually bring in revenue. Mm-hmm. So, and for and just like it's just like a lot of things. Look at UFC fighting. I mean, you get a lot of guys making the big money because they bring in the the, the viewers. Exactly. Um, the Conor McGregor's of the world, you know, they bring in the viewers, and so I think it's one of those things where. I mean, a lot of people need to realize, and that's every sport. I mean, it's just like, yes, give it your all, do what you can, but don't give up your backup plan. And that's just something that I think you need to, and I think I was willing to put in more work each and every day, like from going to school to then going to the race to, you know, I mean, it's like I was willing to put in the time because I never wanted to give up my day job knowing that hey if something happens I gotta have something to fall back on. And um and I think that's that would serve a lot of people really well. Yeah, I think
1: so. We have um too many people thinking they're gonna be pros and not doing it for the right reason. Uh a lot yeah. too. So and I, I get it. Like, you know, I understand why they may feel that way. But well, fun first man. People are fortunate, we're yeah. fortunate to be able to race these RC cars. I mean, for me, I, I work in it. I might take it a little bit serious, but I love like this is my passion, and I I,
6: I work in yeah. it. So it's a difference. Yeah. And certain people working. I mean, there's a lot of jobs out there that you know. There's certain jobs for RC car racing. You know, the Brent Thelkes of the world, and yourself, and a lot of people that are in positions with companies. But just for the simply racer only, it, it is something that. You know, and you can still, and I think people are mistaken. It's like you can still give it your all, try to make it. It's just like these athletes that try to make it in school. It's like, you know, do what you can, try, give it your all, be at the gym, you know, be there every practice, give it your all, but don't skimp on your grades. You know, still have a backup plan, Mm -hmm. um, regardless.
1: I agree. I agree. You know what? Um, I haven't done this for a while, but we have this segment on the podcast it's called the 10 Question 10, 10 questions 10 questions Ten Second segment oh, i'm tongue twi- tongue twi- uh, look at me tongue tied <laughs> as can be my bermuda accent coming up we're gonna talk about bermuda in this too because i know you like bermuda um oh yeah and we have that's another connection that we kind of have even though i never met you there but you have to answer these questions like in a couple sentences or one couple of words as possible it's meant to to you know to try and um just, and they're not all RC questions. So yeah. are you ready for the 10 questions, 10 seconds segment? Sure. The 10 question, 10 seconds segment is brought to you by robsoil.com. You're one-stop shop for all of your Amsoil needs. Rob's Oil is usually a sponsor of the RC Gypsy Tales, but we don't have one this week. So we have the 10 question, ten seconds segment. Thank you, Rob's Oil. Why should you choose Rob's Oil? Because you can get any of your Amsoil lubricants, filters, or anything that you need from AMSOIL delivered anywhere in North America. So go to www.robsoil.com and place your order right there. Make an account, place your order, and get it sent. We need to do this for the janky JQ van before we get back to America. And why should you choose Rob's Oil and AMSOIL? Because AMSOIL makes top quality synthetic lubricants for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, 4 wheeler, snowmobile, lawnmower, fifth scales, and they make some great grease for your cars too. Or anything else with an engine, Amsoil lubricants are designed to help your equipment run at peak efficiency and last longer. Join the millions of proud Amsoil users to experience the difference. All Amsoil products are formulated, blended, and packaged in the USA. Thank you, Rob's Oil, for all of your support. And go check them out, guys. Showing our sponsors some love. Shows the podcast some love. And now on to the 10-question, 10 10 seconds segment. All right. So my first one for you is... You kind of answered this, but I'm gonna say, what, in your opinion, is the best track you've ever driven on?
6: I'd say Hemet, Hemet or Vegas. Okay, Boulder. All right. Uh,
1: I want you to give me one word, one word to describe Paul Coleman.
6: Awesome. <laughs> Hard worker. Yes.
1: Number three, craziest thing you have ever seen at a race.
6: Oh, me and Greg Degani sleeping on a futon in his little bitty trailer.
1: You know what? I watched Greg and Joseph sleep in a queen-size bed in a fall brawl two years ago.
6: Oh, man, that might be a little crazier.
1: Yeah. J- J- Greg-, Greg took up most of the space. And yep. <laughs> he was just on the edge of a sofa. It was cute, too. They were like head. <laughs> yep.
6: That sounds just like me and Greg. I was on the edge. He was take- He took two thirds. I had a third. Oh, my
1: gosh. Greg is Greg is a lot of fun, man.
6: Oh, yeah. All right.
1: Uh, number four, if you could race anything full scale, what would it be?
6: Oh, trophy trucks.
1: Trophy trucks. That's um, just for me, for my clarification. That's like. um, Like short course trucks, right? Yeah. OK. Yep. Short curve. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's pretty cool, too. Oh, number yeah. five, did you have any pre-race rituals?
6: I always said a prayer before my race. Okay. That's good.
1: Name one item you always took when you went traveling or racing.
6: i just say my dad. Okay. He's an item.
1: <laughs> <laughs> favorite sport outside of racing?
6: Uh, motocross.
1: Okay. Who's your favorite? Number, no, or number eight. Who's your favorite MX ride of all time?
6: Uh, I'd say Dungy. Yep. Okay.
1: Number nine. We talked about your diet, but if you didn't have to, if you could eat anything, if you could eat anything, what is your favorite food to eat? Uh, burgers. Burgers. Any particular? Yep. Any particular burger oh, that you in, like? In and out burger. Uh, you know what, man? I don't care. Anybody says, In and out is the a. Hey, I I love it. First thing I have to do when Me I get. Too. I don't like the fries too much. Yep. But I like their cheeseburgers. And a, milk, oh, and a yeah. milkshake. Oh, I'm a Missouri
6: boy. We don't get those.
1: Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I love it. We guys lived on. Yeah, I'm a big boy. So, you know, I got to have them.
6: Got to have them. All right. Number 10, your favorite song at the moment. Oh, man, I'm not a big music guy. Uh, that's the toughest question here. <laughs> I don't even know. Okay. Well we'll put an asterisk I don't next even to that know. one. Yeah, I don't even know. We'll figure that. We'll you know what? This I rarely is... listen I rarely listen to anything.
1: Yeah. Well we're gonna yeah, get give... I'm not a huge music. Okay. Well her, her's the bonus question. We have a, we have ties with Bermuda. You've been there twice. You went there for a race once. But I was living here, I believe, when you went. And you recently just went to Bermuda. Um yep. Describe. tell me why what is your why do you like Bermuda and the Bermudian people that you've met and raced with.
6: Well, I, I love the people. I yes. mean, that is, like, one of the coolest things. I mean, Bermudians, I think, are some of the nicest people I've ever met. Um, most helpful. Mm-hmm. I remember when uh, at the track Roach's wife, man, she, she yeah, took Ms. care of me. Selena. Unbelievably. Yes. So, um, yeah, and, I mean, still to this day, they check on me on birthdays and stuff like that. It's just, I mean, the love those people have for other people is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mr. Roach um, and his wife are- Really
1: nice people, too. I, I was talking to her the other day. I got, a, I got a message him. Mr. Roach is a nice man, man. Not a lot of things for yeah. me, too, in life. gave yep. me a whole car once. Yeah. Whole car, whole complete car. so said, i right, take it to the Dominican Republic to race it.
6: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and then Miko, I've known him for many years. He comes and stays at my house.
1: Funny story about he's... Miko. I'm walking down the road here in Sasua, uh, a town next door here. I'm walking on. I went there to do pay some bills. And I see somebody sticking the head out of a jeep, like a jeep driving on the road. And I'm like, that looks like Miko. Lo and behold, I roll up and I say, Hey, what are you doing? Like, like just crazy that I see this guy in the middle of somewhere, like middle of nowhere here in the D- Dominican Republic. Miko yeah. was good and everywhere. I think he's back home now in Bermuda, in Brazil. Yeah, jujitsu. he is. Yep.
6: Yeah, he's back home now. So uh, yeah, Miko's been one of my good buddies. Man, he's he's been a. One of my best friends for years. Yeah. So uh, he he comes he comes and stays here and uh, at my house and yeah he's he's practically family back here in Missouri. I think
1: Dijon used to come up and race with you guys too a lot.
6: He did yeah. he did. Yeah. I'll never forget Dijon was here and we're sitting there in a Burger King drive-through and all of a sudden down the highway rolls an eighteen-wheeler with a fighter jet on it because we have, we have Boeing around here okay. makes a bunch of fighter jets. And he looks over with just the, the most calm look. He goes, you don't see that shit every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget that. I laugh. So, so the whole rest of the week, everything come by. we were just basically saying, we don't see that stuff every day. Oh, man. You know, like every time. Cause he just from Bermuda, you never uh, seen it much less an 18 wheeler. You never see anything like that. We, it's so great. Oh, I laughed so hard.
1: It's great. Um, we got to reconnect at, uh, DNC back in 2018. I hadn't seen him for a long time. And he came out there and uh, we had a blast. And we went to a couple of, we went to DNC last year and PMB. And we actually, we and him, him and I went to a race, AMS once. It
6: was good. Yeah, that's a good race.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I, Bermuda's a beautiful, I haven't been for a long time. Bermuda's beautiful. It's expensive. But, yes. Uh, oh, you go broke. Oh, I know. It's expensive. People like, man. California's expensive. like, yeah, but not as expensive as Bermuda. Oh, so. yeah. Good stuff, man. I'm glad you enjoy my hometown. What's your okay, I gotta ask you, what's your favorite parish in Bermuda?
6: Um man, it's it's what's it called? Harborfront? Is that down by the uh Oh like in sit in the city? Yeah, okay, that yeah. was fun. All yeah, along where the where the ships come in yep. and Hamilton's really nice and I mean there's yeah, I mean I just, now there's that beach, uh what's that famous beach called drawing blank right now? Horseshoe Bay. Horseshoe Bay. Yeah. Walking down from Horseshoe Bay and all along the beach there is probably one of the prettiest places I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's some beautiful like, beaches that's a postcard on every picture. Yeah.
1: It's good stuff, man. It's a beautiful yeah. Beautiful twenty miles of, of country in the middle of the Atlantic. So it thank is. you. For thank- a
6: Missouri boy who doesn't see an ocean, yeah. we just got lakes. That's
1: that's pretty amazing. Yeah, man. I'm glad you enjoy Michael. You got to come down here to the DR too and hang out for a little bit. Right? Yeah. And know, uh, see it's it's different on her. I love it her. But um Yeah.
6: Heard a lot of good things.
1: Um I know you're a busy man. I want to thank you for your time. I hope to see you at one of these races again. Excuse me. Absolutely. Uh would you like to say thank you and shout out to anybody before we uh sign off here?
6: Yeah, I just man, I want to just say thanks to Paul Coleman. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one guy just, I just miss over the years. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to give him a call and see how he's doing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my only current sponsor would be a main. So i got to say thanks to them. And, um, yeah, they're, I just kind of doing my own thing now. So they kind of let me get whatever I want. And, uh, so when I occasionally do some racing, at least I got somebody to help out, but, uh, yeah. And then thanks to my dad for, man, he's, He's been the driver behind this. So yeah. it's uh couldn't have done it without him, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, man. Well, I'm gonna tell you you and your story are truly inspirational, man. And um like for me, it's definitely inspirational. And for anybody out there that's that's probably been through something like this, I, I think they should listen to this and hear your story because yeah. it ain't it I mean you're a miracle, man. In my in my opinion, yeah. you are a miracle and
6: definitely. I give God the glory, man. I, I, I can't complain. It's been it's been, you know, life sometimes deals you a tough card and uh we just all play the hand we're dealt. And uh and that's just something that, you know, my dad's taught me my whole life is to really just be a fighter and um and you know what, whatever time, sometimes a door seems to close, like I thought professional motocross was my avenue and you know, I, I remember having a lot of down moments, but then, you know, you gotta find your new normal and uh and kinda try to figure out what's what what are you gonna do in life. And uh and I think most importantly is just the impact you make to other people. I hope if anybody remembers me, remember me as a, a nice guy at the track, somebody who who, you know, was just there for people and had a good time. And uh yeah, it's not always about, you know, I don't have the most wins, um but Dude, I, I, got a, I had a good time, and I got a lot of friends. Yep. And you look good, man. You look you look 20-something.
1: 35 years old, you look
6: 20-something. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, I, try, I try to stay in decent shape.
1: Yeah, there you go, man. Um, It was a pleasure having you on. Um, When I get this done, I'm going to send it to Paul, too, so he can listen to it. And I'll, I hope you – yeah, give him a call, man. I great, will. It was great yeah. chatting with him, man. I'm her, any, I'm her anytime, man. I want to see you race again. I want to see you go out there and, and do it one more time. I hope you can do it. Yeah.
6: I may have to, uh, just for the sake of showing my eight-year-old, Yeah. maybe have to, before the next Silver State, go out for a month beforehand and do a bunch of practicing at the track. There you go. And just, yeah, go see what happens. All
1: right. Well, thank you for your time, dude. You enjoy the rest of your day. and um. You too. Yeah, thank you for your contrib- contribution to RC.
6: Awesome. Thank you, Keenan. Appreciate it. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seat
5: belts and put your big boy pants on. Well, things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant.
1: Uh, oh, sorry. I was dancing somewhat. If you can consider what I do, dancing. Uh quite embarrassing this week because my daughter had a birthday party this saturday and she wanted to dance with me and i couldn't dance so oh that sucked happy birthday to my beautiful daughter lucifina uh welcome to the jq racing rant everybody this is the part of the podcast where we find something that we don't like or we think we needs changing and we just rant about it now last week we had the Never, and last episode we had the never-ending argument between Jeff and JQ about, you know, RCGP. That argument will never be settled. So let's put that behind us. Uh, We do have a rant this week. It actually comes from a viewer of the podcast, and he kind of brought this to my attention the other day. Uh, Yesterday, actually, because, what, do you have something to say, Joseph? No. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm a big fan of the no-prep RC drag racing scene, and it's blowing up right now. So Tim Smith, who is big, a big personality. You know, if you don't know T- Tim Smith, check out the TSR, uh, TSR speech Up podcast. I've been listening to that for years. I love Tim, met him at DNC. So, you know, not, they've made this thirteen five class, which is the stock class of, and no prep. I knew this was common. I knew this was common because anything that does stock in America in, in American racing, because the only place I know that has stock racing, no offense to my Americans. Uh, I knew there was going to be problems. So anyway, the cheater motors have made their way to the 13.5 class. And the 13.5 class was designed for more for beginners or just to keep it stock, make the cars look more realistic, you know, and and just keep it that way. I get that. But, you know, we're racers and we fuck up everything. So the cheater motors from, I guess there's cheater motors in 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 stock racing. You would know more about this than me, Joseph, because I don't really know nothing about stock racing so this is i know there i know that manufacturers have cheetah motors and stuff like that motors have to get teched and all this stuff but anyway they made their way to the no prep rule the no prep situation the thing about no prep is it's supposed to be no rules but there are some rules obviously so there's a big there was a big thread on that and i started reading through it and um you know the person the person that brought this to my attention said you know what this is exactly what he said to me he says it would be nice if jq would accept that not everyone can run nitro and offer real insight on Euro versus US racing intent scale, and I thought this would thought this would be a a good rant because you've ranted about you know we helped the all infamous hair dryers. I wish you could do that noise again. Oh, I should have that on voice note in it. And you go, you were maxing into the Euros last year and how boring it was because it wasn't you know it wasn't you no know, it just was, wasn't no real hype to it. But man, you know what I think. I don't, I don't know. I would, I'm going to have to do some research and maybe somebody who's more well-versed in this can and let me know. I think if the people that came up with the stock class back in the day, if they saw what it was today, it would probably not be what they envisioned. Don't you think, Joseph?
0: Yeah, I think stock, stock needs to be so slow that no one in their right mind wants to run it unless they are a beginner.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: That's how it should be. And then if you want another class than that, then may, just make it open because then there's no worry about cheating. Smart guys who are just running this as a hobby aren't very good yet in off-road. They wouldn't run you know, fast modified motors. They would run a 17.5 or something like that. Because they will be faster with it than with a modified. Or is it 13.5? I can't remember now.
1: It's 17.5, it, two-wheel drive, 13.5, four-wheel drive.
0: Yeah. Probably? But my point being that the current stock class is too fast for for beginners. And it's too competitive. Too expensive? It gets expensive and competitive. And cheating is an issue because you want more power. So, for and me... So that's, so, that's an issue. Why not just make it so stock is so slow that no one except... True beginners will enjoy it or want to run it. And then the sort of non-pro class, the open class, would be open. You can run whatever motor you want. But so, yeah, you can run a modified motor, but probably the best result for most people in that class will be when they limit their power a bit. Mm. So then there's no problem with cheating.
1: It's just so many now. I'm, 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 I'm naive. I don't know what is these what are these cheater motors, and how do they make them faster? Like, what do they do to them?
0: Uh, just, I think the wires. There's some rules to how thick the wires can be in the motor and stuff. So, yeah, just so it basically it limits how much power you can get out of a motor of a certain wind.
1: Why so. even make these motors if you know they're illegal? I don't get it.
0: Because you want to have the fastest stock motor. You is, so you can the, be like, this is, oh, this is the best me about motor this. For stock.
1: Now, you know, I talk to Mike Hill a lot and he tells me about stock racing back in the day when you used to like buy closed end motors and all that type of stuff. And, you know, yeah. and even then you could pull them apart some way and, and do some tricks to them. And he just says, "Not, it wasn't cheating. It was just in the gray area, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, I think it's ridiculous, man. And I, I'm not bashing the stock. I get it. Look, that's, I was listening to uh, my buddy Joey Fisher. He was on the Extra Lap podcast last week and he went to Mod Masters of Dirt. And it was true what he said. Uh, at that race, the biggest class was, was, was stock, like, you know, compared to the two wheel drive mod, which had 28 entries. And, and the 17.5 two wheel drive class was, had 69. So, way, way bigger. Uh, congratulations to AJ Marasco. He won that. But what I see is people just staying in stock constantly and not leaving, and that's cool. But I thought stock would be some sort of step to be in to go and mod, and they don't. It doesn't seem like that. People well, I know you can make money in, in stock too from the from the the motor manufacturers, like if you win and all that stuff. But I just think it's kind of very counterproductive. I always say this, stock isn't stock. It's modified and modified stock. That's kind of what it sounds like to me. But, and then you throw in the tire issue where you have to send tires down and all that type of stuff. I think that's just, I have, me, I would never run two-wheel drive, but I would only run carpet. You know what I mean? Just set it, I know it's not set and forget it, but for me it is. But how does that compare to like, in Europe they don't have stock racing at all. And they, they've they been racing 10 scale as long as America. And they seem to be doing just fine over there. Is it because they race I think on- maybe
0: in UK they don't have I mean they have stock racing in Finland they for do? example Yeah but it's never really been a class that other people other than sort of beginners run
1: That's how I think it should be so I get it it's a tinkering class and maybe that should be the tinkering class I don't know but I I just don't think you know I think 10 scale is a great way for people to get into RC but I don't I not two wheel drive buggy. Not the way it is now.
0: You know what I, I mean? I think it's, yeah, like I said, I think it should be a pro. Pros run modified. Or, I mean, pro is open, basically. You can run whatever. Mm-hmm. That's pro. And then there's open, which is not pro, but same. It's, you can run whatever. And then you have stock, which is for, you know, beginners, basically. That's how it should be. That's it.
1: I agree. I agree. And then stock should, and then stock should be like if you like if you're constantly winning stock races, I think you should go up to mod. Like you should be forced to go up to mod.
0: Well, open in that case, oh, I okay. think. Sorry. And uh, yeah, and the st- current stock class needs to be a lot slower than what what it is now. The cars mean, need to be slower.
1: Yeah, they need to. The, the, how can we slow them down?
0: Limit the motors even more.
1: But then they'll just cheat even more.
0: Uh, well, no, because it's so slow that people, the people who it would, be would want to cheat and stuff, like they don't even want to raise that class.
1: Gotcha. I don't think that's ever going to happen because stock has hurt to stay because there's too much money in stock. It's too much now money. I think it's probably more money in stock than there is in modified in America anyway, because I've heard rumors like For instance, whatever motor company this guy works, like, say, AJ, I don't know if it happens to him. I'm just saying. He won mod. He gets, like, a percentage of the sales for the next couple of months or something from motor. You know, that's how I was told how it works. You know, remember when uh, Drayton, he he was, like, Drayton Staub, Dragon, he was really good in stock. Then he went up to mod, and he struggled for that year, and then he went back to stock the following year. Now he's not even racing R.C., unfortunately. I just don't get it. Like, I think it should be the step... I don't get it. Like, has there ever... Like, stocks never really took off in, in Europe at all, right? Do you know any other countries that run stock at all? And also, what is the... I don't know. I don't follow it. What about the regulations in Finland? Is it the same as America, like 17.5 and 13.5 and all that stuff? I
0: don't know. I haven't followed.
1: Hmm. I don't know, man. It's it's definitely confusing. It's definitely... It, I think it should be made a lot simpler or, or just make... I hate to say this. Make a class that is simple for people. Yeah, make it slower. I don't know, man. I know I won't be racing stock. I'll be racing even if I do. The, I, you know, I will race mod with a stock motor. Oh, that's on. Why not? I bet you these yeah, guys. that's kind of what I mean. I bet you these guys could take their their stock cars and and beat a lot of these guys in mod. That shouldn't be.
3: At yeah.
0: All. Yeah. No, that shouldn't be a thing.
1: Why do you think the Europeans never went that way?
0: I don't know. I uh, there's stock racing in Europe. I think
1: not. Not not to this level. Like, like I don't. I don't no, no one else. takes
0: it seriously because it's a stepping stone. It's for right. beginners.
1: Like, do you not have? But in
0: America, stock? everyone has to fucking have a class that they can win in. You know, so there's millions of classes and everyone can win. Everyone gets a trophy and it means nothing. I don't know. Like, I don't know what it takes to be that kind of person that you trick yourself into thinking that you achieved something. There's a hundred people at a race and you were one out of five racing your class and you won against those other four people. And there could be 96 people that were faster than you, but you are actually legitimately happy inside because you beat those other four people in your class. It makes no sense to me. It, I wouldn't be happy. I'd be like, well, I wasn't the fastest guy there. So what's the point?
1: Yeah. But use the fastest. It dilutes that, it
0: dilutes that. Yes. This is the true. sort of feeling of achievement. I don't understand some people. And this is yes. True. More common in America. It's irrelevant what the achievement is like they disregard that as long as they win, as long as they get something for it. Like I won, I'm, I'm the best. It doesn't mean if it's a class and only they fucking race in the class and they get a first place trophy and they were racing alone. They somehow project on the rest of the world. Like they won, I know. like it's a thing. Like I achieved this, I won. And even though they were racing alone, like that's that's a thing in America somehow. Well, I... if if there was a class and there was only one guy racing in it and he won because he was the only guy racing in it, he would still act like he achieved something. Like I won this race. Look at my trophy. And like this has happened so much. Yeah, you I know, agree. During my times there, I like agree. trophy giving ceremonies, all, all this, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I'd be embarrassed, not proud. I don't if, get it. If you're I just the only do person, not understand.
1: If you're the only person on the podium, you'd be embarrassed.
0: Well, yeah, but I I don't understand the mindset. It's like whatever the best class is. Where are the best drive drivers? Okay, that's where I want to race. I've always been that way.
1: Yeah, I get that. I look classes aren't going anywhere. That that's I, look open class is highly competitive. Sportsman, I'm talking about in nitro no stock isn't about skill though like yes 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 sorry let me rephrase that obviously it's about skill you gotta be fast to drive you gotta be able to drive but somebody could have a faster motor than you and that's that's well that's always the rc thing and or racing oh that guy has better equipment than me and stuff like that just seems like like i don't know man i i kind of agree with you i mean i don't mind classes but i just don't get the stock thing like I just don't get it. It's, I don't understand how this can be so more expensive, like so much more than, than modified. Like I just don't get it. And then on top of that, burning your tires in and all that stuff. I just think it's, a, I just don't understand it. Maybe I need to do it to understand it. I get it. It's tinkering and all that type of stuff. I don't want to tinker. I just want to, okay, this is what I got to do. I, I mean, I don't mind tinkering, but when it comes to electric racing, I don't want to tinker. I want to put it on and go. Yes, I have to do setup changes and stuff like that. I just don't, like, it just, I got it, but it just, it, it's something's wrong if stock is bigger than mod, in my opinion. If guys are making money off stock class, then what is the incentive for people to go to mod? Where the professionals go? Is this all a part of the RC illusion?
0: Like I said already, pro open stock and make stock slow for beginners. There you have it. There you have I free don't know, but we're probably going to piss
1: off a lot of the stock uh, 10 scale races out there and we're not meant to do that. I just want to know like what the hell, like what it is. Like in Europe, they don't do it and they, like, like it just, it amazes me that Angaro and Ronafalk and these guys can, like they barely race 10 scale but they can still be kind of in the run-ins at these worlds against 10 scale guys that race 10 scale religiously. I just, I just don't get it. Like, I don't understand it. Just, wow talent, obviously. I don't know, man. I know who ain't running stock. I would be, now. Can we have a spec class though? How do we stop people from cheating in spec? Or what, would you want stock to be like spec class?
0: Stock for beginners?
1: Yeah. Uh, Not stock, but uh, a spec class for beginners.
0: Like, I think that could work too.
1: Yeah. Like I always say this. I know. I've said it a few times. When AE came up with this club racing, four-wheel drive and two-wheel drive cars, ready to, I think they're just ready to race. You just had to add your radio. I think that was like one of the best things that could happen. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about it? Why are the Europeans over there, they can, they're racing, you know, don't really do stock. You go to, you go to EOS, do they have stock at EOS races at all? <laughs>
0: I don't know what they have. I think they
1: might have a, a class coming up. I have to, You know what? I'm going to have to talk to my 10-scale uh, European experts. That's Aiden and those guys at Extra Lap. Find out what's going on. But anyway, what do you guys think? Is stock too ridiculous now? Ex- Ridiculously expensive. Cheetah motors getting into no prep. All this type of stuff. Is that going to ruin no prep? Let us know what you think. This this draws the end to our podcast for this week. Episode 101. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the video. It was a little bit, it's a little bit different. We're getting used to this as well. Joseph also, and I can see when he's not engaged with me. Like right now, he's not engaged with me. Uh, so I just want to say, yeah, that's it for today. And if you guys have anything you want to say, let me know. I will have the gu- uh, Chad Parks on next week from Ignite uh, Gas Truck. You know, is Gas Truck just a blip? Not a blip. You'll see because he says he's got quite a few pre-orders. I need to get my hands on that, so he'll be our guest next week. If you have any questions for him, uh, send me a DM. Uh, Joseph, anything to add before we go, before I go into my my outro spiel?
0: Uh, EOS has modified and stock classes.
1: Okay, so they do have stock classes. Alright, Yeah. so it's invading America. It's invading Europe Thirteen, now.
0: thirteen, five 13.5 motors. And they are handed out at the event.
1: Perfect. That's that's how it should be, I think. That I don't I don't have no issue with that.
0: Non-boost mode on Speedos. So but they should make
1: ESCs without boosting them. Or do they? Uh, see, I'm I don't know anything about this stuff. Anyway. Um that wraps it up, guys, for this week. Thank you for all hundred episodes that you've been here. Thank you for everything. Uh Thank you to all the NNRC squad around the world. I appreciate you guys' support. Thank you to all our patrons on Patreon. We can't do it without you guys. Greatly appreciate it, and Thank you. Thank you. You don't understand. And please, if you guys want to be a patron, go check it out. Uh, there is a link in the written description. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. We want to get that up to a 1,000 subscribers, so please go, you know, click the links. We will throw up some videos, uh, some short videos from this podcast up there and, and eventually more. Follow us on Instagram. We're trying to boost that as well. We're trying to hit it from all social media aspects. Check out JQ Racing. Uh, What's the YouTube channel, Joseph?
0: JQ Racing TV.
1: JQ Racing TV. Gotta check out JQ, the new YouTube superstar. He's planning on being a millionaire. Which then I might get a raise, which would be great. Uh, Yep.
0: Multi millionaire.
1: Multi millionaire. That's what I like to hear. No, it's not from. I want to be a multi millionaire. There we go. Thinking big. Thinking big. Yep. Uh, go check that out. Check, follow Joseph on IG. I don't know if I want people to follow you on IG because then you're going to start arguing. And it's going to be like Facebook all over again. But check him out, The Quig. Oh, I don't have time for that. Thank God for that. Uh, follow the No Name RC podcast on, on Instagram as well and our Facebook. We're almost at 3,000 likes on our Facebook page. Uh, shout out to all the awesome companies that support us this new mystery company, Mayako Remember, go follow them on Instagram. It's miyako.official. Uh, on Instagram and on Facebook, it is Mayako, M-A-Y-A-K-O. Reason, I wonder if that name means anything. I, I, I have to And have these people contact me again, I'll know. I guess I'll know more. But shout out to Mayako, RCMX Online, Techno RC, Beach RC, JQ Racing, Papa Village Traction, Tonic, Sun City, RC Raceway, manscape.com, JQ Threads wally builds and of course big shout out to my friend uh connor aylers of the luth cranes for his support i greatly appreciate it remember guys sharing the podcast sharing the sponsor some love shares the podcast some love greatly appreciate it, it helps us out a lot uh sure like share this podcast let's let this go viral as well we need you guys to share this i greatly appreciate that remember nitro is the glory but ebuggy pays the bills if you ain't grinding you're sliding And hard work beats talent. When talent doesn't work hard, I'm waiting for you to say something smart.
0: And I can't think of anything.
1: And Lefty is out, and I have to write outro this
0: week. I hope. Let's see.